Well, back in studio for today's uh, broadcast of the Robert Scott Bell Show. We'll be simulcasting on Brideon.tv in hour two uh, with Connor Boyack, uh, Tuttle Twins, and Libertas Institute. But first up, get ready. Put on your wraps and gloves. Pat Militich is joining us on the Robert Scott Bell Show. Now, well, we might talk fighting a little bit, but how about fighting the bad guys that are trying to destroy our soil? How about rehabbing the soil? How about uh, getting soil back to where it's designed to be a life-sustaining, fundamental starting point for the growth of food that you would eat or the animals that would eat the food that you would eat? All of that is on tap and more here on the Robert Scott Bell Show. Stick with us or start up and tell everybody, tell your friends, robertscottbell.com slash listen, and we'll get this healing party started right about now. Robert Scott, the Robert Scott Bell Show. Oh, it's good to be back home. Good to be back in studio. It's been quite a whirlwind, and I'm still in the midst of it. Um, you know, I'm not going to break out the world's tiniest violin. That's Super Don's job when I whine and complain and moan and whatever. But uh, we're okay. I'm up. I'm up. I'm standing up as always, doing stand up me- uh, radio or media. And uh, I just have to say, last week, I just want to share this story briefly before we get into the topics and the guests. Uh, I went, I got one day in to get to the gym last week to the, the, you know, the kickboxing gym and my, my best bud there, Rachel, who owns the gym, she was there getting ready to train me. And I wasn't feeling good that week. Cause it's in the midst of weeks and weeks and weeks of in and out of the uh, home uh, unit home base, if you will. And I just wasn't feeling top of the game and I was working out. I felt okay, but I noticed, and I, you know, I wear this monitor so you could do the heart rate check. So you know where you are in terms of your efforts. If you want, if you're, you know, Hey, are you in the green zone, yellow, whatever? I never get to the red. It's a big challenge for them. They go, Hey, can we get Robert to the red? And I was in the red zone a bunch. Now I didn't feel like I was, but I was, I was like, there's something wrong. Either this thing is messed up or something's messed up in me. And I knew it was me because I'd been, you know, challenged in such a way. I'd had dealt with some stomach pains that previous week that I hadn't had in years and years and years. It was just like one of those things I was battling through it. And I got through it and I was like, okay, that was an unusual event. That's what I'm not used to anymore. And I thought, oh, well, I got another trip. I'll get through that trip. Then I'll, then I'll start back up. So this morning I went in to go work out a little bit trepidatious. Yes, that's a a real word (laughs) because it was the chow challenge of the max out challenge. That is all nine rounds, full tilt, counting reps, adding them up to see how you do now. I've done really well at those challenges. Those are the ones I really like to win. I, you know, the weekly thing. Sometimes I win, sometimes I don't. I'm not so concerned. But the big one is like the decathlon. I'm like, this is really the litmus test to say, hey, am I in shape? Am I getting better and stronger? But yet I had this experience last week where I was in the red zone. I'm like, dude, am I, am I, am I in trouble here? Is this, this is not good. I haven't been able to work out much. And I got in there and I was like warming up slowly. And then I get get the start, hit the rope. 640, you know, reps of rope in three minutes. I, that, I was good. You know, I'm fast at that. And I was like, okay, I'm in the yellow. No, I didn't even make the yellow. I'm in the green. Okay. I'm feeling good. So gaining confidence with each round that I can do this and maintained a lot more in the yellow zone than I had in previous uh, chow challenges, but still got through and beat my record, my personal record from last time I did it. Uh, so maybe because I was very rested in fact, but I just, you know, there was a time last week I was even having a little bit of tunnel vision as I was working during the day, prepping for the show. I didn't even talk to super Don about this. So I'm just letting you into my thought. I'm like, this is so weird. I don't remember what it was like to feel like this. And yet 
doing all the things that I do, despite the travel, the commitment to clean food, you know, and of course we'll have our AMA for those of you who are patron supporters uh, tomorrow, 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific. And I've asked, I didn't even tell Super on this. I've asked Laban and Anna Ditchburn to join us for a little bit of the AMA as special guests because they've been hanging out with me for a couple of months now. And I want them to dish the dirt to tell you all how hypocritical I am because I tell y'all to eat organic. And of course I go to that McDonald's drive through every night. You know me, that's how it is. So you'll definitely want to tune in to find out what's the deal uh, for that tomorrow. You can become patron supporters of the Robert Scott Bell show anytime as little as five bucks a month or pay a year in advance and get a discount. We appreciate all that you can do to support this. And if it's only just to share the show, God bless you. Thank you for that too. Robertscottbell.com slash listen for the chat room. We'll check out what's going on in the chat room today. Uh, first up, we're going to have in just a couple of minutes, uh, Pat Militich, who's uh, uh, Super Don is like, uh, I want to let him introduce it. You know, I think that would be appropriate because he was telling me, Pat's on the show. This is awesome. And I didn't realize that our friend Joni Abbott tried to connect us a few years back. And how did we miss it? I don't know. But this guy rocks on all levels, including from fitness, but the dedication to organics and remediating the soils, which is what we're all about here. So I'm thrilled about that. What we're not all about is Pfizer and their COVID jabs supposedly approved now put on the childhood list via the CDC so that they have gained what complete liability protection, pretty much just as they had under the prep act when it was an emergency use authorization, MRNA injection. Now that they're on the schedule, They'll add, I don't know how that they define it, because remember in the National Vaccine Injury Compensation Program, once the CDC puts it on the schedule, there's a tax, like a $3 tax per antigen added to the vaccine so that every bit of that three bucks supposed to go into this no fault, you know, little, little, uh, I don't know, coffer that just holds the money for if somebody is injured or, or harmed or even killed, that there can be a way to get some level of compensation. Of course, it's never enough, especially if your kid dies, but that's the setup. And so the Pfizer or any of these manufacturers are not at risk, zero risk for putting out a product that would not exist on the free market. Who would have run out to get experimental injections of the mRNA variety to alter DNA protein synthesis based on something that only killed at least primarily old people with multiple comorbidities in the initial phases. And since then, the massive uptick of all-cause mortality deaths related to these shots when they came out as emergency use authorizations. Now approved, supposedly, now available, and Pfizer says it's going to set it at 130 bucks per dose. Now, did they not get the memo that most people that got one, two, or three jabs are not interested in getting any more? except the most sleepy morons that still exist that would not be able to creatively or critically think their way out of a wet paper sack at this point. It, and it's sad. I, I mean, I don't mean to, uh, you know, pile on, but it's just sad that these people are committing suicide because of their fear of something that is not real in the sense of the threat, especially to children. It ain't there, but the threat of the shot to children, it's very much there. And if they survive the shot, good luck having kids or if you want grandkids. So Pfizer is going to say it's such a valuable thing. We're going to we're going to price it at one hundred and thirty bucks a dose. Super Don, are you ready to pony up one hundred ten, one hundred thirty bucks for this thing? What do you think is going to happen here? Uh, I wouldn't throw a buck fifty at it. But, <laughs> I know. know they could pay me and I'm not doing it. <laughs> 
So I, I think this is a losing proposition other than the fear mongering, the mandates, all of that stuff that now we're pushing back on. We've always been pushing back on it, but more people than ever are recognizing even some on the political left that have lost their way a long time ago are figuring out, whoa, 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 I didn't sign up to be a pharmaceutical experiment. Congratulations. The water is warm. It's GMO free. We don't have glyphosate in it here on the Robert Scott Bell show. And just about to join us, Super Don, I want to have you introduce Pat, if you don't mind, give the backstory that I couldn't possibly do justice to based on you and your super fandom of Pat Militech. Let's see. Well, you know, I mean, we talk MMA and UFC once in a while and, and, you know, years ago, uh, I actually, you and I actually got to personally meet uh, Brandon Vera, Brandon, the truth Vera. He was a great guy. I was a big fan of his, right? True champion. Um, And then, uh, so anyway, <clears throat> the other night I'm, I'm sitting on the couch watching, I think we we're watching like the walking dead or something like that. You know, I still watch that show. I love that show. <laughs> and, uh, and I get this notification on my phone that a guest has confirmed that they're going to be on the show, which happens on, you know, regularly. Mm-hmm. And so I'm looking at the phone and I'm looking at them. I'm like, all right. So, uh, looks like, uh, uh October 24th, first hour of the show, Pat Militich going to be on. Uh, and I stop and I'm like, Pat Militich. No, that's not. No, Pat Militich is going to be on the show. It must be a different Pat Militich. And then I started thinking, I'm like, it's not like that's a really super common name. I'm like, you know, what's the odds that there's another Pat Militich that's going to be on? So I went and looked and I, and I dug in the email. It turns out Pat Militich, former UFC champion, UFC Hall of Famer. I mean, I'm just like, you got to be kidding. This guy's like a pioneer of UFC. And so I'm like, so I, I, it's funny. It was late at night. I was like eight o'clock at night and I Skyped Kevin. I'm like, dude, did you really get Pat Militich on the show? And yes. he's like, yeah, why? And I'm like, what do you mean? Why? So anyway, we had a fun conversation, but yeah. So yeah. Uh, joining us today. Uh, mm-hmm. Never thought it would happen, but here yeah. he is. Pat Militich. A Croatian sensation. As he the was Croatian Pat, sensation. Welcome to the Robert Scott Bell show. We're honored to have you on board. I'm really happy to be here. Thank you. And, and as I was digging into your background, I mean, I'm always impressed with, uh, you know, well, whether you boxing, kickboxing, all the fighting, MMA, all of that stuff. It's impressive to me, but more impressive than that is what you've been doing in the years since I, I didn't know. And I had no idea we missed Joni trying to connect us years ago, but you have some websites, soilsavior.com, uh, chemicalfreebody.com. I mean, I was joking with super Don and you, I said, look, I can walk away from the show right now. You could do the show. I wouldn't have a concern at all about all the things you would talk about so aligned with what were our mission and purposes here and i i gotta ask you know what was it that drove you into understanding the importance of the soil you mentioned to me briefly about your backstory being ill as a young person overcoming uh black mold exposure in your childhood home so i feel you i had a lot of respiratory ailments myself yeah no my journey to the soil has been as long as you can possibly imagine you know it's Growing up in, in the basement of my mom's house, it you know was a horrible foundation. Every time it rained, it leaked, and there was three inches of water in the basement. So my was was severely damaged by, by black mold. Even my wrestling coach in high school would say, oh, quit smoking cigarettes, Milicic. Quit smoking cigarettes. And I just, I trained else, I think. I, I would go out specifically at none as hard as I could, and it just wouldn't get better. So I was never able to win a state champion wrestling. I was good. You know, I went to states, things like that. 
but I was always wrestling base breathe. And that was, that was really causing me a lot of problems. So fast forward to a young adult, early twenties, I'm getting ready to turn pro in kickboxing. And a good friend of mine comes to me and he says, listen, I want you to try this 20% more oxygen at a cellular level. A lot of antioxidants in here, you know, give it a shot and let's see what happens. So I'm at the boxing gym because I trained in a myriad of arts, obviously, to be good at, at what I wanted to do. I'm at a boxing gym here in Davenport, da Davenport Boxing Club, Pena's Boxing Club, which produced Antoine Eccles, Michael Nunn. They have the best amateur team in the nation at the time. You, you go in there and get beat up by everybody uh, when you went there. But normally I would spar three to four rounds and I'd be gassed. And uh, 10 days later, I'm sparring with one of the best boxers in the world and I'm with them and I don't even feel like I'm breathing hard at all. And I said, wow, this is it. So a light bulb goes off for me. And because of that one discovery, because it changed my respiratory system so dramatically, and all of a sudden running, it took a while. I was, I was mending and healing everywhere, but 16 and a half minute 5Ks, I'm dunking basketballs at 5'10", I'm benching 375 pounds, and I'm winning a world title in the UFC. And that changed my life, obviously, because then I went on to train, you know, put 95 kids into televised careers, 12 world champions, training law enforcement and military all the way from local, state, and federal law enforcement, all the way up to special forces units, and have a broadcasting career as well with Showtime Sports, ESPN, mm -hmm. and Mark Cuban's Access TV. So my trajectory of my life was completely changed by that one thing. And throughout all of these years, I've just continually searched for the things that, that would best fuel the human body, not only in performance and recovery, mm -hmm. but health, because they're going to lead to the same thing dude now i got another bucket list when i come to iowa next time maybe joni puts a, an event together i want to come train with you yeah we'll, we'll see if we can get you in the red okay i know if anybody could put me there i think that you could <laughs> i have confidence in you but uh, it's just astonishing again coming or overcoming like you've described uh ailments that were chronic and mysterious to medicine and all the medicines they threw at me and my young body for the first 19 years of my life sure. only served to suppress symptoms, but actually make me worse. And so I had to overcome that thought form that we can, well, doctors, they're smart. They, they can poison us back to health. Yeah. And like, I talked to fourth graders, yeah. I said, yeah, here's some poison. You feel bad now? You think you feel better after this? Point? They're like, no, that's stupid. Yet our entire medical system is based on poisoning people. Not, not the least of which, of course, our entire farming system that is established and supported, often uh, uh, subsidized by chemical industries that have captured our, you know, regulatory agencies, EPA, USDA, etc., have invested in this idea of mass chemicalization of the soil. Because hey, look at the yields, and I'll I'll acknowledge that yields have gone up. But if we utilize uh, the soil rehabilitation process, some of which you're going to share with us. I think we can push yields in organic agriculture, maybe to comparable levels, but I also argue that we can't rely on factory farming, even organically to support us fully. We all must grow food. And I mean, year round greenhouses and everything. 100%. And what I want to go back to what you were talking about with, look, the education system, you know, when we talk about agriculture departments, horticulture departments and other, other departments, I had a, a, a chemist confront me the other day about, organic metals don't exist. And I thought, wow. Okay. Now, we're gonna, and his friends started laughing at me and I didn't know he was a chemist, but he said, he smirkingly says he's a high level chemist. And I said, it shows, you know, in his lack of understanding. 
and I explained how metals can be chelated up out of the ground by a plant bonded with a carbon molecule and become very stable and then can be used by, which is the furnace of the cell, uh, as fuel to create energy within the cell and within your entire body. And he looked at me, kind of turned his head sideways and said, okay, I'll admit that things can be bonded with a car. I said, I, I'm, <laughs> I'm glad that you can invent that after your education. <laughs> Thank you for acknowledging that, Mr. <laughs> Chemist but Expert. It, it's across the board, though, the, the conversation with a lot of agronomists, horticulturalists, and when I get into these things, they, they look at me and go, you know, because you know that organic aluminum can be used by the mitochondria as fuel. It's beneficial for cell and body, whereas inorganic heavy metal aluminum is very detrimental. I, it's incredible that people in America have not be, been taught this, but of course, understand why that is yeah the the you know the aluminum issue i've had chris Exley on mr aluminum if you will and he's uh you know talk about aluminum in nature which is very abundant is always bound it's never free on its own it's bounded to something of course uh, aluminum and silica silica is the key to pull that out and you know one of the stories later i got to cover is the spraying of the skies to prevent or dim the sunlight uh, from hitting us for a global warming that doesn't exist and the ice age that they're going to precipitate that they used to predict in the seventies, like they wanted it. Uh, so we, we have uh, been through a lot of lies and deceptions by arrogant men, not men of God, but arrogant men who worship themselves or each other and try to outcreate the creator in the meantime, destroy life, including human life, including children. And this is part and parcel of what we've seen with COVID jabs coming out, despite all of the evidence to show it. First of all, they, the kids were never really at risk. And second, these shots are nothing but a, a, a death shot, a kill shot, a clot shot. And uh, it's devastating because, you know, Pat, when we were growing up, we're about the same age. You remember when all of our friends were having heart attacks and strokes, all of our peers? <laughs> I'm like, oh, yeah, they diagnose it better now, Pat. That's it. That explains it. Same thing as autism, right? Uh, you know, it, it was all mis a misdiagnosis issue, which we, of course, know not the case. But the The realization that I came to was, you know, when I got to the food, because fighters would come from all over the world to train at my camp, and they were they were told where the grocery store was. I would I was there to train them. I was not there to babysit them. So when fighters would come from around the country to train or move to where we were, I'd say come here for a week, because most fighters in Two days in, three days into the, would literally pack up their bags and leave because it was too intense. We had a room of 40 to 50 fighters that were ranked in the top 10 in their weight division. So it was a very intense room. Mm -hmm. But fighters that came from around the world, different countries, would go to the grocery store and then they'd come to the gym that night and they would say to me, and this is, you know, 25 years ago, now we Americans are so obese and so sick. Your grocery stores are mm -hmm. nothing but poison. It's incredible. And that's another light bulb that went on for me. And then, you know, 25, 30 years ago when I'm teaching children's martial arts and all of a sudden boys were being brought to me with this thing called autism. And I would ask, I've always been the person who asked, why is this happening? What, what is causing these problems with these kids? Why are Americans fat? Why, why is disease throughout America? And that's what led to the soil and realizing that if you take clay and add water, oxygen, decomposing organic matter and microbes, you get black dirt that you can grow great crops in, vegetables, whatever. Well, we're the exact same thing when we're, you know, our cells are 10% of our body and you add, add the exact same thing to our cells, 
you get a human being, a living, a living being. We are identical to the soil, and the more we poison the soil, the more we poison ourselves. So it's got to stop. Well, yeah, to say the least. But the question is, uh, do we expect that our our elected and unelected officials in government are going to do the stopping, or do we expect that just like anything in the ring, you got to put a stop to it? And that means all of you, all of us. It isn't about a savior, political or otherwise, in this case, political savior specifically. It's about no longer complying, no more, no longer cooperating. And, you know, I look up north to our neighbors in Canada and I say, this is what happens when you're nice to tyrants. Canadians are so nice. This is what happens when you're nice to tyrants. You get a Kevin Trudeau. Same thing in Australia, New Zealand with their leadership. And, you know, to some degree, uh, depending on where you are in America, uh, certain states, it's full on tyranny if they could get away with it. Yeah, that's that's the thing is, you know, whether you're a Christian or not a Christian, whatever, we know that Jesus existed and Jesus was not always a nice guy. You know, when when Herod was coming to see him and he was warned, listen, if, if you're going to be here, uh, Herod wants you dead. And so I'm just letting you know, you should probably be gone tomorrow when Herod gets here. And he called Herod a fox in Luke. And he, he called him a fox, not only shifty human being but he used the female tent. So he called Herod a bitch as well. You know, that's, that's Jesus standing up to the system, standing up to the machine. Jesus was not cheap. I mean, he was a lion. He did overturn to people with bullwhips who were going against the system. He recognized, you know, who, who the people were that were trying to hide the truth uh, from mankind. And we're seeing the same thing today. Yeah. I think that concept of feminizing uh, the men uh, we've had, women who are more warrior like than men for many decades here in America, because the men, you know, just kind of deferred to the so-called expertise uh, of, of, uh, you know, medicine, for instance, like if, if these moms would see their children, they'd go in for the well baby visit, get shots and they weren't the same. And the moms would try to describe it. The men, mostly men, doctors would say, Oh, that's not real. Uh, you, you know, you're hysterical, all these things that they would say. And, and the men wouldn't back up the women. You know, there are exceptions to that, but for the most part, it's been a disaster, the feminization of the American male, much less the male in general. And I think that uh, another aspect, I think, of the purposeful weakening of those who would be the protectors, those who would be willing to take on the proverbial bad guys, the ones that would enslave us or capture us or poison us or mask us or inject us, all of those things. You, you can't be nice to those people because they don't they look at niceness as weakness and I'm, yeah, I'm a nice guy, but push me to a certain point. I'm like, you're not going to see the nicest side of me. <laughs> I've been doing this for a long time. And, and they need to know that we're serious about it. And, and for too long, I think you would say it and they knew you didn't mean it. And, uh, and of course, then you pray for them because they know they'll back you down and you'll go, Oh, I said I was going to do it, but no, no, I'm not going to do it. I don't want to do that. And we have to, we have to become tougher. But the food is not there. So these kids never gain the strength, women or man, girl or boy, to get to grow into their power as adults, to not be pushovers, to not be easily enslaved, captured, et cetera, deceived, et cetera. The, the chemicals that are being used in manufacturing, people spread them all over their own lawns. They have, you know, True Green or whatever company come by. They stab a sign in your yard that says, you know, stay off this lawn for a certain amount of time. Mm -hmm. Agriculture, the industry, you know, billions of gallons of petroleum-based fertilizers and, you know, 
the the atrazines that are proven to destroy not only the testosterone levels and levels in frogs and lab rats, but actually they grow female genitalia. This is the stuff that is destroying our young boys and girls. And I was at a school board meeting not long ago in my community, and I said, I'm not going to feed into the division of what's going on in this country. I'm not going to get into it, but I'm just going to say it's a fact that our children are being poisoned. They're physically being destroyed. Their hormones are being destroyed. They're, they're mentally ill because of the you know offset, the, the gut bacteria imbalances mm-hmm. that are going on. They don't know what they are supposed to be because one, a boy mm-hmm. or a girl, because yeah. of the hormonal imbalance. And then they have the PSYOP being piped into their brains by television. And then you've got teachers, um, some teachers, I won't you know, say all of them, but the school board in Ventnor, Iowa, five of the seven members, it's, it's atrocious. And they're, they're complicit in the crimes against children to potentially end up going under the knife of a Dr. Frankenstein and mm-hmm. being changed into another another sex it's it's madness it's pure madness it's pure butchery by the way my apologies to kevin trudeau my wife texted me says it's justin trudeau if i said kevin trudeau i I remember at the health freedom expo a lot of people were asking me about kevin trudeau who wrote you know uh, the natural cures they don't want you to know about and he ended up in prison for daring to you know put his thumb in the eye of the regulators uh but no justin trudeau is what happens when you're nice to tyrants that was my point you know I i call him fidel trudeau yeah exactly uh, folks, you don't, are not obligated to be nice to, to people that want to enslave you, capture you, kill you, or your children. Those are the wrong people to be nice to. And that doesn't mean, you know, you have to become a tyrant yourself, but you recognize those that do not deserve your ni- niceness don't deserve your niceness. And they will use and abuse you for being nice in those cases. And that's an uncomfortable discussion for some of you to have, but I think a lot in the audience understand what I'm saying. Yeah. we. It- Something that I'm sure you've talked about on your show, probably, Bill, that Gavin Newsom signed saying that if children in the state of California want to go through the transition mm-hmm. the, and the parents don't agree that the state will kidnap the children and do it for them. This is, this is about, we're, we're, getting, we're getting pretty, pretty scary territory here. But I could say that if you're putting the right organic products in your children's bodies to chelate, heavy metals and toxins out of their cells and keep their gut bacteria balanced that you'll never have to cross that at least over that subject matter, you know, because this is just a stepping stone to, Oh, you're not getting the COVID vaccine for your children. Well, now that's child endangerment. We're going to take them. That's where they're leading to with all of this, because we said a long time ago on my podcast from the beginning, they are coming for the children. That's what, that's the goal. Yeah. And they, they've already, come for them over generations including our generations we pat had to go through if i went through public school system and and then up through university level most of what i know today is because i unlearned the things i learned in school and it was not nearly as bad when we were kids not nearly i mean they actually didn't teach us to hate america back then uh like they do now uh so there's a lot of distinct distinct differences and an unnatural yet natural extension of what we've covered on this show kidnapping children in hospitals for cancer therapy parents that that found out that there are other methods of treating cancer in children who dared to speak up much less use it as an adjunct suddenly cps depending on what you call it in various states comes in and takes ownership of your children claims that you're not responsible enough and then the 
hospital has them and can do whatever they want to them. And then they pawn off the bill, usually on the unsuspecting taxpayers of the state, wherever the hospital is, and the hospital profits off of poisoning and even killing children, even if they, some of them mean well, because they don't know any of this. The point is you don't have parental authority or autonomy, especially when you enter into contracts of adhesion that make it very difficult to claim that these kids are your kids. You know, I talked about this uh, and I'm not saying it's a magic bullet to not have a birth certificate and a social security number, but it makes it a hell of a lot harder when you don't get a marriage license, which invites the state into your sacred holy union between you, your wife and God, for instance. And those are things that are lost to the legal system. And we say, well, everybody does it. So I'll just go ahead and do it. And never understanding the contracts of adhesion and all the clauses that it ties to, to make it easier for them to take your children away from you. Yeah, it's it's terrifying stuff, to be honest with you. And I wish I would have known about that that information a long time ago, you know, along with the or, the power of organics. But when we go back to the organics and our creator, what our our creator put on this planet, I mean, I have watched personally people go to the oncology department at a university hospital six weeks after organics and saying, getting blood tests back and the doctor's going, you don't have cancer anymore. And then severe rheumatoid arthritis, COPD, asthma, on down the line. Uh, one, of my, one of my best friends who's a pastor north of me about 30 miles, he was in hospice. And I talked him into some, some organics and a, a, kind of a myriad of, of organics. And 10 days later, he called me laughing and out of uh, hospice. And I mean, I know any cures for anything, but I do know how the human body works to an extent where if we put the right stuff in it, inflammation will disappear. And we know that uh, disease is just different manifestations of inflammation. That's all it is. So if we can clean the body out, clean the cells out, reset the system, it'll take care of itself. It really will. Yeah. Getting out of the way and, you know, letting nature do its thing or God and nature's God. There are laws and principles of the universe that I've had to discover outside of the scholastic settings of which I've gone through to realize that the ability to heal is something that is it's, it's part and parcel of who we are, but we got to give the body what it needs, remove from it that which it doesn't, and then watch the majesty of creation take over. And you've identified that as well. in your work with, rehabilitating soils and providing products. I want to talk about some of them as well. We've talked about humic acid, fulvic acid, the, the importance of these things also as chelating agents, the minerals that will bind and help to excrete the dangerous toxins, fat-soluble toxins, heavy metals that don't belong in the body. Uh, and, and, and so there are many methods to get there. You obviously have been working and witnessing how to do that for years. And again, I'm only sorry that I haven't had you on till today. It's been too too, too slow for me, but I'm glad you're here now. I, I've got two websites linked up. Super Don is put in the show notes at robertscottbell.com. One is called soilsavior.com. Uh, the other one we have is chemicalfreebody.com. Maybe we could describe, you know, how uh, we can integrate, integrate or interact with that, maybe utilize some of these things for our benefit and the benefit of others. Yeah, I'd be glad to explain. So going back to the soil, you know, it's been pounded with so many chemicals that it's, 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 it's dying. It's dead. It's locked up. It's, I can remember in my area of Iowa where the soil looked literally, I mean, jet black, and now it basically looks like clay. It's, it's been killed. And I, I posed this question to 
a professor of biology at a university here in the state of Iowa. I said, am I right in following my intuition and, and my shallow knowledge basis to say that we've killed the soil to the extent that it will no longer hold water, therefore it all runs off into streams and creeks and rivers and disappears from the area, and this is across the Midwest where these chemicals have been used, that that might be cause evaporation rates, lower rain, droughts that are starting to happen everywhere around the United States. Is that, am I right in believing that? He said, yeah, that's, that's a pretty good, pretty good um, conclusion to come to, to be honest with you. So we've got that, just that alone. And then the scraping of, of topsoil off of areas that are being developed for, you know, office complexes or entire subdivisions, things like that in there as well, where the water's all running off. You don't have the microbial activity in the soil anymore. You just, you can't, you can't do that to the soil. And I've been saying that for a couple of decades, but uh, the product that, that I am a full believer in and substance that I'm a full believer in amongst many others is a humic fulvic acid that comes from the most nutrient rich peat bogs, set of peat bogs literally found in the world. And the gentleman that discovered these peat bogs, he tested bogs for, I believe, six and a half years until he found this set of bogs that was so nutrient rich above all the others that he knew to go down 45 feet until he hit the 60,000 year old sediment layer where those nutrients are the most condensed and available as well as it's not fossilized. So humic fulvic acids are derived from things like dead C4 C4 floor beds and leonardite, which is coal that's fossilized. It's dead. So when they pull it out, they have to use processes to remove the humic fulvic, and then they have to add pre and probiotics to it to call it, label it organic. Well, when this comes out of the ground, it comes with it 60,000-year-old pristine microbes and the nutrients, and it's it, there's a, a non-chemical process that's used to separate the powder from the pulp. The pulp goes back into the bog to continue the humification process, but you've got this nanonite-sized powder that I've found through all of my research and putting different humic fulvics in my body that every single time I switch to another one, my respiratory system starts to degenerate again. Yeah. And not, and so, so that, that tells me a lot. Your body is a testament. In other words, pay attention uh, yeah. to your body and what works will, will work. Obviously, if it doesn't, you'll know it too. And that's part of the process of recovery. And then you also have this, this is something that's important uh, for our ability to move forward in life is how do we rehabilitate the soils? Much like the soil of our own body, we're talking about the soils that we would grow food in. And I see this in Superdon. Do we have this linked up in the show notes to, to the soil savior thing? I, I just want to understand how people will find it easier in case they don't hear me when I say how to get there. Yes, yeah, it's in the show notes. Okay, so yeah, here's the, and I think I see it up, up on the screen right now. Those of you watching live, it is the 24th of October, 2022, first airing. Uh, our guest, Pat Militich, for the first time on the Robert Scott Bell Show. And it's soilsavior.com, uh, humogenics. It's called a uh, soil conditioner, green, sustainable, essential. <clears throat> if you have trouble growing things, it's most likely the result of, well, either you're not watering it. I mean, that's, that's obvious. But from the standpoint of the presence of what's necessary for the soil, the life forms, the microbiome of the soil itself to do its job, much less other life forms, earthworms, et cetera, to break down these 
substances to make them what we call bioavailable for the plants that would grow on them. Therefore, you would have healthy plants that you could then eat, or if animals eat those plants and you eat the animals, all of that would kind of roll uphill, so to speak, in terms of bioavailability, super nutrient-dense foods. So is this related to what you had described as what you are taking internally, that there's a broader base utilization of rehabilitation of the soils with this stuff we can find at Soil Savior? Yeah, the refined version for human consumption, obviously, at uh, chemical-free-body or organicsupersoldier.com, but of agriculture use, it can be injected into the soil in, and those pristine ancient microbes can go to work on the soil, including the, the there to, as you just said, mm-hmm. break down the nutrients that are in soil, make them more bioavailable. Much deeper root systems so that, that the crops are growing are drought resistant mm-hmm. and you're going to have much more uh, nutrient, which are going to be more disease resistant. And of course, have the natural one to fend off pests from wanting to eat them as well. I mean, uh, on the garden, uh, this product on for several years now, no pesticides, no herbicides is used mm-hmm. uh, besides some, some, and it creates what I call Jurassic gardens. All my, and everybody that's used it, I get pictures constantly of vegetable gardens, the grid of collapsed everything they've built with I mean, wood framing with rope systems and everything to hold the plants up have all collapsed because you spray plants when they're you know six to ten inches to 12 inches high six or six weeks later you've got you know nine inch or nine foot tall tomato plants you've got six foot tall pepper plants that look like they're covered in christmas tree ornaments because they're covered in, in peppers and the nutrients of vegetables the uh, good friend of mine who's been gardening for 30 years said I gave up on the cucumbers. We bought so many boxes of mason jars uh, extra because our garden is so much bigger this year that we literally just gave up on harvesting cucumbers. It's it's out of control. Couldn't keep up. Yeah. That's a good problem to have. And I would encourage folks to uh, give it away if you can't sell it, right? If you're not a farmer for sure. But this is one of the things that will help survive, help people survive the zombie apocalypse when they, when there is no food, when supply chain disruption is complete. Uh, It's, yeah, if you're not eating, you're going to get so hungry, you will do things you would never in a million years think you would do. Look what's happened in collapse scenarios under socialism in Venezuela or yep. other scenarios of disasters. You've got to plan and prepare just in case because these things happen. Sometimes they're orchestrated. Sometimes they just seem to happen. And uh, rehabilitating the soils is going to be critical for producing enough food because right now not enough people are growing their own food. And they're yeah. relying upon these chemical uh, production manufacturing facilities to grow their food for them. Hopefully, many people have switched over to organic ag- agriculture. But even then, there's not enough of that growing. And uh, if we are to survive like what they tried to do in Sri Lanka to make higher ESG scores, which was a disaster, is they mandated the entire country go organic. And I'm all for organic agriculture. But if you transition instant- instantly like that, people are going to go hungry and die. You've got to transition to help people to grow their own food, and we need good soil. This may be one of the ways, and this is not the first time we've covered this subject, Pat, and I'm yeah. I'm keenly interested in trying it, and I've got other farmers I'm working with as well, and I want all of this information to get out there, all the yeah. various techniques that actually work to get out there because wherever you are, uh, if you can get it. Now, if you're in Iowa, it's probably easier to get this, but what if somebody's out you know, west or back east? How do they get this stuff from Iowa that you're talking about here? Well, we can we can ship it all over all over the all over the country without any problem at all. 
uh, our distribution center is actually in Utah. You would be happy to know. Okay. And so, so it's sent out from there. But the thing is, this this product can also be used in hydroponics. Uh, we're developing as well uh, for livestock, for chickens. Uh, a gentleman who used this experimentally on his chick, thousands of chicks, who was having mortality high mortality rates with his chicks, basically came back and said, "Okay, not only are they not dying, they're jumping the fence all over the place." because they've got so much energy and they're so healthy. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's something. And test strips being sprayed, pastures, two weeks before the cattle are let into the pasture, literally stack up on top of those test strips in the pastures because they know where the nutrients are. So it's it's really across the board that yeah. this is a substance that literally supports human life and life itself. You know, it's, it's, it, it's, it's really important to get the word out about this. And it, on the supplementation side of things, I had five different um, experts who are the formulators for different supplement companies. I asked them to go research and see if they could find anything even close to the nutrient levels of this substance. And they all went out and researched and came back and said, we can't find anything close, dude. There's so, Pat, we're going in, close. we're doing fall planting. We've already got our greenhouse uh, things growing. And then usually we transition over, you know, at the, at the solstice to the next round of growing, but we, sure. we've got our fall stuff growing. Uh, some people have, you know, in Florida where I was for many years, year round ability to grow things, but it, let's just say we're now into the, you know, winter beds and maybe some have a uh, little, little, uh, places where they're going to grow through the winter. And I'm encouraging that too. It's not enough for the, the summer seasons and such. Right. Uh, so how would we utilize it? Let's just say in a greenhouse scenario, this particular product. All you have to do literally is foiler spray at a teaspoon, two, two teaspoons per gallon of water. Foiler spray your crops, uh, whatever you're growing. And you, you can do it bi-weekly. You can do it monthly, whatever. I sprayed one garden one time when the plants were 6 to 12 inches tall, and six weeks later, they were massive. So that's that's what I can tell you is that it's it's that powerful. An eighth of a pound to a quarter of a pound per acre in furrow or foiler sprayed mm -hmm. it's it's a very very small amount it's such a powerful substance well i'm thinking also about uh i i planted an orchard last couple of years uh and you know they're, they're obviously we've got the fruit at this point now it's going to the winter season shut down closed down uh, right. are there things that i can utilize this for for those those trees that are growing 100 you can definitely you can foiler spray uh, orchards you just don't you don't want to do it when they're flowering that's the only mm -hmm. time you won't want to do it okay so prepare them for winter get it get them nutrified over the, the 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 quiet season the sleepy season so to speak sure and then there are orchards who will uh bore down to the root systems and deliver this uh with water okay. as well easy enough i could do that well again i want to put all of this into play and 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 the more we can get to this the more we can circumvent that zombie apocalypse some argue we are there mentally already with people that are uh, clamoring for COVID jabs. I think it's far fewer than we've been told, in fact, that got them much less that are interested in getting them as we talk about. I right. think they are trying to, you know, PR a, a reality that more people than not are finally rejecting, including within the medical realm. Many doctors have woken up in the COVID crazy time we've been in. Uh, not all. And I'd say to them, shame on you if you haven't woken up to speak out about this. And you'll say, well, I'll lose my job if I speak out. Well, you've already lost more than that if you continue with the killing fields of these hospitals, much less uh, the COVID jabs that are going to be now given out probably in school clinics uh, now that they've got it on the list at CDC as childhood vaccine recommended. 
when, when you when you bring that up, I nine year old, and she, she said to me, today was flu shot school, so they were taking kids out of classes and taking them into the gymnasium and lining them up like cattle and giving them flu shots. And I said, well, how many kids stayed in the classroom with you, hon? And she said there were three other kids out of the entire wow. class. And so it's it's heartbreaking that people across the board, our medical community, the agriculture community, so many people are just not privy to the truth of, of what where true healing comes from. And it's it's a bit frustrating. I feel a little bit little bit alone at times, but when I can come on shows like this, it lets me know that I'm not alone and that we are making a difference. Yeah, you are. And, and there are a lot more of us than we realize. And I think we've learned that through COVID crazy. You know, as I've said, uh, been meeting almost weekly for the two plus years, two and a half years now uh, with people within the medical community, all the healing arts, uh, allopathic to homeopathic and everything in between. And that's never happened before. Uh, in tragedy, that's when suddenly we start to act often too late. But for those of us who are still here, it's not too late. But as you point out, a very sad reality, at least in you know one of the systems of schools there in Iowa, only three out of how many in a class sat back, including your daughter, to not get a flu shot, uh, tells me we still have a long way to go. We do. We do. And I think that a lot of this stuff can be corrected through organics, cleaning, again, cleaning their cells out of those heavy metals and toxins. And that's the thing that a lot of people don't recognize is that your cell won't release those. And I'm sure you've said it before, but for anybody that's never heard this, because I have to explain things at a very elementary level, because that's the way I understand things, is that your cells won't release those heavy metals and toxins because they're not water soluble. And once you put organics in there that bond with them, the cell recognizes the organics as water soluble and will then release them, chelate them out of the cells. And exactly. that's the big turnaround we see with people's health. Yeah, no, precisely. Uh, we've got to have the minerals back in that will help to bind them and, and care, usher them out safely. And that means, you know, eating differently, eating uh, nutrient-dense foods. And I'm not telling you whether you should be a vegetarian or not. That's never been my argument. My argument is clean. If you put toxic poisons in any kind of food, even vegetarian food, for those vegetarians that eat shmeat, you guys are morons. You, you got to do better. And, and I, how many vegetarians that don't even think about the word organic? I'm like, what, what have you missed here? Oh, I don't want to hurt the animals. Well, uh, you've got an animal body, not being an insult, but the human body is an animal body. What are you doing to it? You're poisoning it. Oh, you care about the animals more than you care about your own body. I'm just asking you to look a little deeper on some of these things that you think are, you know, the right thing to do. And maybe you haven't gone far enough. And I, I say that with all the love in my heart, <laughs> even, even well, as uh, they, they might be insulted, but. Well, there's there's a health aspect to to vegan lifestyles, and then later on, usually most of the time that I've noticed, comes a, 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 a an end. A, what comes in is a morality thing. Yeah. So the longer they don't eat animals, the more they care about animals. And I love animals. I care. I'm a dog lover. I'm a, mm -hmm. a lover of wildlife in general. That doesn't mean I'm going to stop having meat once in a while, fish, things mm -hmm. like that. But I do. I have increased my my fruit and vegetable uptake considerably over the years and uh, it's just not needed and the thing that once we put the true powerful organics into our body our cells will signal our that we're not hungry anymore right mm -hmm. so that's that's where the american that yeah. plate of mashed potatoes and and steak mm -hmm. and all the other stuff comes from is your body is starving even though you're obese your cells are screaming 
Mm -hmm. I'm starving, eat more, eat more, eat more. And that's where that nightmare, that, that nightmare just continues. Well, and I, I point out this as well. Those, uh, that do uh, consume animal products and meat. Remember our ancestors ate the organ meats primarily, just like in the animal world, the liver, right? These things contain the minerals. That's the nutrient dense, mineral dense things, not the muscle per se. And that's where we're lacking the minerals again. So that's why we have to supplement. If you don't do that, you have to supplement certain things that you're not getting in. The soils have been so depleted that you can't even get enough thinking that you're eating certain minerally rich foods that are not as minerally rich as they once were. What we're talking about here with Pat is about how to restore the integrity of the soil so that the minerals are present. The plants have it, the animals have it, we have it. And that's a, a process that might, some might say it'll take too long. Well, I'll be dead. Well, there are folks working <clears throat> to accelerate that. This is why we talk about these projects and Pat, what you're doing is so important as well. And I appreciate it very much. And, Folks, if you haven't considered getting this to start in your greenhouse or if you're growing indoor plants, for goodness sake, it looks like you use it everywhere. If you're growing uh, some fruit-bearing trees in the winter, you can use this stuff as well. And it looks like we have a direct link to SoilSavior.com, Super Don tells me. And I guess you could just click on that link and, and get it. Uh, I don't know if there's a special code or anything that you have to enter or if it just automatically goes there. No, but I, I, will, I will say this. People can email Tim James at chemicalfreebody.com when they go to his site okay. and they can ask for specific if they want to go through you and ask for specific packages of his products that they can put together for particular issues that they're dealing with particular needs. Very, okay. very good very good over there fantastic all right super don we're about wrapping up our first episode with pat hopefully not the last pat militich been amazing uh, is there anything that you want to see all the things that I said, uh, Pat, he wouldn't believe me, but now that you've said it, he's like on board. That's what, what are you, what are you talking about? <laughs> what, what you're like, you talk like your dad or something. <laughs> <laughs> see, I told you, I told you, Pat said it. So what do I got to do yeah. now? Right. So totally thoroughly enjoyable so i just want to understand yeah. make sure it's super d on our website people can just click on it and get there and get the stuff there's two banners there there's yeah. um there's there's the one for the soil savior okay which is that guy right there and there's a big banner in the show notes and there's okay. also a uh, banner for the other product the super soldier Okay. Which would be the, 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 you got the human version and mm. the soil version. Both of those <laughs> are in the show notes. You just click on there. It'll take you right to where you need to go. All right. Excellent. Well, dude, it's been great having you on board. I, I want to cover a story about what they're spraying overhead. You, you're welcome to hang out with us. Cause I've got, actually, this is going to be rather interesting. Uh, Joni and I have one of our best friends in the world. Who's no longer with us. Maybe you met him or knew about him from Joni. Cause you're friends with Joni Abbott, uh, Liam chef. Uh, the uh, author yeah. of official stories. Okay. He used yeah, to do yeah. a lot of pithy and funny YouTubes, Liam and three different things on different subjects. He was way ahead of the curve on Anthony Fauci way back in the day. In fact, uh, Bobby Kennedy used some of his research along with Celia Farber's research on for his book, the real Anthony Fauci. Uh, we have a story here about the conspiratorial chemtrails, right? That we've heard about. We call it geoengineering actually. And here's an article that says the White House has quietly revealed that they have a five-year plan to spray particles in the sky to dim the sun. It's like, well, what have you been doing for decades? You're just now admitting it and you're pretending that you're just now starting this? Again, the arrogance of man knows no limits. The sun is here to sustain life. And you want to block it by spraying toxic poisons, chemicals, aluminum-based adjuvants and different things? 
that drop down on the soils and destroy the soil. Is that what they're doing to help humanity or are they trying to destroy creation? What do you think, Pat? Well, I, I'm pretty sure I can let people, I will tell people what to think. I will just again say, mm. look up weather modification companies. Just Google search weather modification companies and you can find them all over. Uh, then you can dig into what it is they're spraying, which is aluminum oxide. And then you can do just Google effects on the human on humans from, and it'll tell you what it does. Mm -hmm. It does a lot of horrible things to us. And the same thing, what's it do to plants? Shallower root systems causes all kinds of, all kinds of health issues for, for plants. It causes all kinds of disruptions in soil suppression mm -hmm. of, of the nutrients, you know, it's, instruction uh in my personal humble opinion but people can go mm -hmm. they can research and people need to people have to call their state officials first of all i mean just the yeah. way the way i envision it is states have to act communities have to act spread it out to the state and say mm -hmm. iowa is a no-fly zone yeah bro. do not do no this over more. our heads right you are not allowed i mean there's a big one in fargo north dakota mm -hmm. that got millions of dollars and th there's a lot of people in South Dakota and Minnesota area that are starting really check, to waste on what's going on. They, those planes absolutely have to be grounded. Check period. this out. The top climate change scientists for the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration received $4 million in funding from Congress, along with permission to study two highly controversial geoengineering methods in an attempt to cool the earth. Arrogance knows no limits of these boneheads. According to Science Magazine, David Fahey, director of the Chemical Sciences Division of NOAA's uh, NOAA's Earth si System Research Laboratory, said that the federal government is ready to examine the science behind geoengineering, or what he dubbed a Plan B for climate change. We have been talking about, quote-unquote, geoengineering chemtrails that are not contrails for years. They've called us conspiracy theorists. It's right there. The patents have been there. And our buddy Liam Sheff talked about it in a brief uh online uh, little uh, expose on chemtrails a few years back. Let's go ahead and play that right now, Super Don. Oh, look, another great day here in Los yes, Angeles. It's, it's, look at this sky, no, it's ruined. It's contrails in no. sky. Don't, 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 don't start, start that, that with no, me. These are not these contrails. Are contrails in this. This is, look at I the crazy process. I can see crosses. the cloud shape. This is not contrails. Contrail cloud look, shape. When you and I were when little, the sky was this set. This is not normal. Is normal. Look at sky right I'm here. Looking, Come I on, see, these are not clouds. I see clouds in sky. Look at the I airplanes. airplanes. It's Come on, this is not the airplanes when this we were contrails. little. This is contrails. I'm at the telling back you, maybe of the you're This is tic tac toe. Maybe you're sky. going crazy and you need psychiatry. Oh, no, I yes, do not. Maybe you need Look psychiatry. No, I do not yes, need psychiatry maybe. because perhaps I see need. with my own eyes okay, the contrails. I mean the chemtrails. Yes. No. Yes, I'm Look looking. I just see the These shape of the clouds. Look at the pretty clouds. No, yes, they are pretty clouds. You're crazy, Yoko Gulag. I do yes, not go in gulag. Don't threaten me with psychiatry. You're not perhaps coming you to need my house anymore. I don't like the way well, you're perhaps talking. Maybe you're not you're seeing to, with if your it's you I'm that's talking. Away. I'm oh, not listening to you. You're very conspiracy. good conspiracy oh, yes. theory. But it's right no, there in the sky. Not, it's, it's just crisscross. Yeah. I ask an expert, someone else who listens for Dr. Strangelove, is this chemtrails or chemtrails? That's what I thought. Wow. Yeah, again, Liam Sheff putting it together. The visuals on that are stunning. If you're listening on the podcast later, you missed that. Come back and, and watch that. We're also now on Rumble to make it easy for you. 
and uh, various uh, social media networks that we have yet been banned on or have been banned on and we're back and they're playing with us all the time. Uh, but Pat, again, that was the brilliance of our friend Liam trying to make funny out of disaster uh, as best we can. Sure. Uh, so, and I, again, appreciate you being on board for the first time here on the Robert Scott Bell Show. You're welcome here anytime. And when can people see or hear your special edition of your own uh, podcast show? So we just started, we had for quite a few years, Jeffrey Wilson and I hosted a podcast called The Conspiracy Farm. Mm-hmm. And once the, we did it just passion for telling telling people the truth. We didn't have monetization. We didn't have marketing. We didn't, we, we didn't spend a dime on it. But we broke into the top world as COVID broke. Just because I think people, these guys told us all this was coming, just as you have been saying. But about a year, year and a half out, we were saying spring of 2020, asymmetrical warfare is going to begin. And that's biological, financial, psychological, spiritual, all of it combined. In, and everybody laughed at us, of course. And uh, But yeah. we broke into the top 50 we're with that podcast, The Conspiracy Farm. But we decided to push away from that. We said we did all mm-hmm. we could. We told everybody what was coming. Now we're going to focus okay. on the solutions. And so now we do the solutions. This yeah. Self-Defense Warrior podcast, warrior.com. Mm-hmm. They can go to that. We just launched the website. We just did a show earlier today. We did one a week ago, and we're going to talk about asymmetrical view, understanding of how modern man can, can defend himself, uh, self-defense in an asymmetrical fashion. Yeah. So everything from how to take care of your health, how to defend yourself, whether it's with a knife, with a gun, Milicek, uh, so appreciative of you. We're out of time here. Uh, have you, have oh, have shoot, you back? I'm sorry. God bless you, my brother. Thank I'm you sorry. for being here. Thank you. All right. It's all right. Now we crank it up. Hour two begins. Uh, if you just missed it, Pat Militich uh, was here. A phenomenal soil remediation discussion, among many other things that we're recovering. Uh, this hour, as we're joined by our friends at Brideon.tv, for the first time ever on the Robert Scott Bell Show, Connor Boyack is going to join us. Uh, and he's from Libertas Institute. You've heard us talking about the Tuttle Twins, uh, the books and the videos, all the things that, that we love here to get the kids deprogrammed from the cult of government. Uh, phenomenal, important work being done by these folks that we get to highlight and spotlight from time to time here on the Robert Scott Bell Show. And so uh, the next hour, we'll be talking about that. And uh, before we get there, I just got to give you a heads up now that they got the COVID jabs on the market. Not really a real market. But uh, as we've talked about where these things originated, it isn't Wuhan. In fact, UNC Chapel Hill and other American bases before they exported it to there. And Fauci's got his fingerprints all over it. We'll talk about that in just a moment because the power to heal is yours. Robert Scott Scott Bell Show. You are in the right place, the place for health, freedom, and healing liberty. Right here, the Robert Scott Bell Show, two hours a day, six days a week, robertscottbell.com. You can sign up for the, well, it's called the newsletter. Superdom puts it out. It's amazing. And you guys and gals, all you got to do is text my initials, RSB, to the number 22828. So you get out your phones, you go 22828, text RSB. And you'll get a prompt and you'll get 
uh, plugged into our newsletter. Lots of great things. The information that uh, you won't get in the, the legacy media per se. And uh, my gosh, the amazing things that we got to talk about last hour in terms of remediating soil and such. How about remediating the minds that have been corrupted by indoctrination to the cult of government within our public school system, which is government indoctrination centers. This hour, uh, Connor Boyack, you talk about the Tuttle Twins books and series and things. We've been such big fans of that for so many years, finally getting them on. Also, uh, the Libertas Institute. Those are linked up in the show notes this hour on the Robert Scott Bell Show. But briefly, real quick, I got to hit this article from The Defender. And read the headline here. Stunning. New analysis of COVID virus suggests Fauci and Barrick's fingerprints are on the pandemic bug. Now, you've heard from almost the, the first day when the controversy surrounded, like, what is this? Is this bat soup escaping from China, right? Is this a zoonotic escape? Or could it be gain-of-function weaponizing of viral proteins or particles under the guise of saying, well, we want to head off the weaponization of viruses at the pass. So we're going to weaponize those viruses first. The idiocy, the lunacy of that. And no unintended consequences could ever happen. But then we'll rush in with the cure, the solution, the remedy. And it turns out the remedy, mRNA injections, worse than the initial gain-of-function release out of Wuhan. But it tracks back to guess what? Have I been saying it from the beginning? Yes. The paper trail, the money trail, goes all the way back to the United States, the University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill, under Professor Ralph Barrick, who developed the technique also for hiding evidence of human tampering in laboratory-created super viruses. NIAID, Fauci, all over that. You don't get funding unless you kiss his ring. $220.5 million NIAID funding sent to Barrick, developing a so-called seamless legation technique, which he boasted could perfectly conceal all evidence of human tampering in laboratory-created viruses. Barrick nicknamed his invention the Noceum Method. But now the fingerprints have been found. It's not hidden any longer. But yet I have to question where have the, the, if I can call them the media been on any or all of this. For those of us who've been calling out the nefarious activities of Anthony Fauci for 20 plus years. Since I turned on the microphone in 1999 when this was called Jumpstart Your Health. Before there were podcasts pointing out the criminal behavior of Anthony Fauci and NIAID funding, going back to false HIV research, false drugs that were more deadly than any retrovirus could ever be proven to be. And as I'm talking to people today, even today, PhD level, medical doctor level, I want to say, where have you been? What have I been talking about? But of course, we've been kind of shadow banned before there was shadow banned. <laughs> Who would know this renegade homeopath with no license? Not that I would accept the license from the government because that's a permission slip to do that, which would otherwise be a right to provide information, to communicate, to bring education and healing, bringing the power to heal back where it belongs with each and every one of you. The entire system that we have, our governance, it's not a limited government anymore. It's not a constitutional republic anymore. It is a government that is owned and controlled by multinational corporations with no allegiance to any nation or state. 
Case in point, the ownership and control, the capturing of agencies like FDA, like EPA, like CDC, like NIH, NIAID, all of these things operating at the behest of interests that will then monopolize a market, artificialize it so that there is no true innovation because in a monopoly, innovation is very much frowned upon. And of course, in a monopoly, prices only go up. They never come down. And then many doctors, scientists have seen that in the COVID crazy few years we've been through, recognizing that those good doctors just simply observe that hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin and zinc and vitamin C and different things, although they lack their knowledge of copper, which I've tried to bring to their attention, but they've helped patients, they've, they've survived, and yet they were not met with, hey, that's great, thank you, tell us more about what you're doing. Instead, they were censored, they were denigrated, they were ad hominem attacked full court press from government, medicine, and media. And of course, this little show that's been going on for 23 years now, banned by YouTube, Spotify, occasionally by Twitter, occasionally by Facebook. In the meantime, we're still here. And more people are coming along and saying, you know what? What you've been saying, you were right. And it isn't only me. I had to study this stuff back in the 90s to figure out where the criminals were, and they were most all in government and government-sponsored or sanctioned institutions. So it should be no surprise to see that the fingerprints of gain-of-function weaponization of these things started via deep state operatives, dark people, nefarious schemers, who, if they have good intentions, as we remember the road to hell where it's paved with, They've ended up creating a scenario where millions of people have died, not even from their invention, but from the reaction or response to the invention demanded. We've got to do something. But the doctors are succeeding. Well, not them. Let's rush in this mRNA technology that even foundational people like um, Dr. Robert Malone in the early phases of mRNA technology and investigation says this stuff's not good. It's dangerous. It shouldn't be used at all at this point. So y'all check it out. I know you have. You've been sharing the show for a lot of years, and I appreciate that. Come on board. We've got our AMA tomorrow, 7 o'clock Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific. If, you, if you're not a patron supporter, please join us there. You can just click the link. As little as 5 bucks a month. You can pay for the whole year at a discount, whatever. We love that you're here with us, and we do a lot of great things together, even off the air. So thank you for being here. Now, bringing on our guest in Hour 2 here on our simulcast with Brideon.tv. Founder, president, heading up the Libertas Institute, as well as teaching kids critical thinking, which I love and appreciate so much. This guy's a hero of mine, and we finally got him on the show. I find out he doesn't live that all that far from me. He could be in studio almost, but let's welcome Connor Boyack to the Robert Scott Bell Show right now. Connor, welcome. Hey, Robert. How are, how are you? Good to be here. Dude, I'm so, so impressed with all the work that you do and for many years have, and I'm just excited that you're on the show today. And I, I'd like to say, I'd turn the show over to you, whatever you want to talk about, but I think we have a lot of shared interest, so we won't have a problem discussing any and all of your projects, much less where it crosses over into the realm of natural health and healing, which is where I've been operating for gosh, 30 years now. Yeah, no, I, I think we definitely have a big Venn diagram overlap. And what's really interesting for us is the Tuttle Twins books exploded during COVID uh, in part because of the broader political authoritarianism, but also just this consciousness of people's health and that they were being imposed upon by these unelected bureaucrats who had shady backgrounds and, mm -hmm. you know, financial interests and everything else. And so a lot of 
the people who have come to our community came in from the health background. They were really worried about the jab. They were really worried about the masks. They didn't like, and were discovering for the first time that these three and four letter, letter institutions in the federal government are, you know, co-opted and controlled and corrupt. Mm-hmm. And so it's been a big issue that we've been talking to our community about. And and I feel like there's this awakening. I mean, it's, it's a big minority of the population still, unfortunately, but so many people are waking up to the problems and realizing that they need to kind of reprogram the way they think they've got to catch up on learning they never had. And yeah. then Consequently, they want to talk to their kids about it and help uh, make sure that they're talking to their kids about the truth along the way. And that's where the Tuttle Twins books come in. Yeah, I've talked about the need if you send your kids to public schools, much less a lot of private schools that have adopted some of these same agendas, whether they realize it or not. I say you have to deprogram your children every day when they come home from those settings or else you're going to lose them. So many stories of people, you know, living in, you know, a nuclear family, you think, well, they got the values and like they have been so corrupted by daily exposure to more hours from them, those teachers, et cetera, than the parents would have impact. And they didn't realize how devastating that mind programming is in public school systems. That's right. And, uh, <laughs> I was, I was speaking, oh gosh, this was a few months ago. I was speaking to a parents group and this woman raises her hand and, and goes on to express some of the concerns you just articulated. And I'm trying to talk to my kids, but it feels like the school system is broken. And I respectfully disagree with her. I said, I don't think it's broken. When you go back and look at the architects of the modern public school system, these were secular humanists. They were collectivists. They were total socialists. They prioritized government and the collective over the individual. They literally wanted to suppress the curiosity and the diverse interests of these kind of uh, unorganized individuals and homogenize them into something predictable, kind of this batch processed uh, industrial outcome and output that they could control and predictably understand. And so I said to this woman, I said, I I don't think what we're seeing today is a a bug. I think it's a feature. Mm -hmm. I think the problems that we're seeing, despite all the amazing good teachers, many of whom I know and love who sign up for their profession to help kids, they're part of a system that I think has these uh, underpinnings and these foundations that are intentionally producing a dumbed down society of people who are willing to submit to authority and do what they're told and mm-hmm. you know not understand their rights to be able to challenge this oppressive government. And so I'm a big homeschooling advocate. I think ultimately parents should free the government school system, but if they can't or won't, to your point, intentionality is the key. You have to be deprogramming your kids. You have to talk to them about the truth on a daily basis, like you yeah. say. Because if you don't, your kids are going to get propagandized by teachers, textbook, and TikTok, and uh, they're going to go down paths that you completely disagree with them, and that would be very sad. No, there's purposeful intent to disable and disrupt the family unit, to get kids to go against their parents, to not have any discussions about these things. Critical thinking is, is dismissed as something that is dangerous, and so they're told to believe what they're told to believe, and, and not how to think, but what to think. And I, you know, I've said this for a lot of years that our vulnerability, uh, we had a blind spot, even people who love Liberty and are suspicious of the government. They, they, they gave the medical industrial complex a pass, the pharmaceutical stuff. They were just so enamored in the 20th century as I was growing up in modern medicine, uh, with the technology, the, and we we like, we set our critical thinking skills aside when it came to health and healing and infection. You know, I've raised my kids with no vaccines. They've never once had an antibiotic. My son is 22. My daughter is 17. That's quite unlike the way I grew up, vaccines and antibiotics. So uh, I, I know it can be done. I've done it, and others have too. 
Yet my appeal to people, even libertarian minded people, is that you, you cannot rely on these institutions. They are corrupt from, to the core. Even if there is a small area where they have validity, the fact is you've expanded that validity to a monopoly of thought and action, including within the medical and doctoring field. Well, people in response, Robert might say, why? Like, like why, why should we care? Why is this a problem? Um, ultimately, I think one of the reasons why we see much, so much corruption in the kind of health industrial complex, you might say, uh, is, is that there's a lot of money to be made. And we see it in war, and we see it in what we call special interest, just traditional lobbying, trying to get corporate bailouts and everything else. This is a very lucrative industry in which people can make a lot of money, especially if they have your trust. I mean, you think about it. Most people, they go to the doctor. They don't know anything. They're at the complete mercy of the knowledge of this individual, and, uh, and they trust them. And they trust them even though that person, that doctor, may have learned in a two-hour continuing education class about this new drug or heard it from the salesman's pitch in his office. And now he's recommending it without doing the deep dive and the deep study about what that drug actually does or anything, but maybe he's getting a kickback or maybe the sales guy is kind of sweeten the pot for it. Like there's so much money at play and so much control that if you're really concerned about your freedom, your health, your individuality, like it is a tire tiring thing because you have to assume a lot of responsibility. You mm -hmm. can't delegate to other people. The biggest problem I think we face across the board, not just with health, but across the board politically, is our susceptibility to trust. Mm -hmm. There was a great experiment that was done decades ago. It's called the Milgram experiment. And uh, what happened was, you know, the Nazis, they had done the Nuremberg trials. They had prosecuted all these people. The Nazis, or the, uh, the International Tribunal did this with the, the Nazis. But there were a lot of Nazis who escaped and they fled across the world to, you know, Argentina and elsewhere. And one of these Nazi leaders was caught like a decade or two later, he was brought back uh, to Germany for trial. And on trial, one of the uh, individuals watching the trial was this guy named Stanley Milgram. He was uh, an American psychologist, college professor. And it, it was very curious to him about this, this, what they called the Nuremberg defense, where all these Nazis would just say, I was following orders. I was just doing what I was told. That was their out. They were trying to get out of the accountability by just saying, I was just following orders and, and doing what I was told. So this guy, Stanley Milgram, is like, this is really curious. Uh, to what lengths will people go to follow authority and submit to what they're told? So he concocted this experiment in which participants would be sat down in front of this big uh, kind of you know engineering type box with all these little buttons. And they were instructed by this person in a lab coat with a clipboard, very official looking person to say, you're in an experiment and we're testing a subject in the other room. They've consented. Uh, they've agreed to what's happening, but they have been hooked up to these electrodes and your machine here controls how much you're going to shock them. And every button progressively shocks them more and more until these potentially fatal amounts towards the end. And so the this individual sitting in, in the chair is told by the authority figure in the lab coat, you know, everyone has consent. This is okay. It's very important for this experiment. I need you to do as you're told. So they're told to shock the person and they hear from the other side of the wall a little, ah, you know, they can't see the person, but they hear these little moans and screams. And so the person's like, oh, this is kind of exciting, right? And uh, so then they're told to administer the next shock and the next one and the next one, progressively more electricity. Pretty soon the person on the other side of the room is screaming bloody murder. Unhook me, turn this thing off. Get me out of here. And so the person in front of the machine obviously is like, oh, do I continue? Do I not? And a lot of them start to resist. I don't want to do this anymore. I don't know that I should. 
guy in the lab coat, the authority figure. No, it's very important to continue. It's very important to continue. Pretty soon, the person in the other side of the room is no longer moaning and screaming. And yet the person in front of the machine is told to deliver more and more severe shocks. Mm -hmm. It turns out that this experiment, which has been replicated, one of the big problems in the medical community is there's all these like, oh, studies show that this or research, and they're not replicated studies. It's just mm -hmm. these flash in the pan studies. The Milgram experiment has been replicated consistently, showing that over 60% of people are willing to sub, uh, suppress their conscience and administer the fatal dose of electricity simply because they were told to do so by, authority. by this person in the lab coat. They'll protest, they'll whine, mm -hmm. but they'll still do it. They will submit to authority. That to me is one of the biggest problems with our human condition is the susceptibility to trust authority. And that's something I need to, I think we need to raise a big warning flag about. Yeah, I agree. And, and another aspect to that is the absolution of responsibility for your actions. When you are convinced that your actions have no, if, you know, there's no accountability. In other words, anything you do, even if it harms another, nothing comes back on you. Then great evil is perpetrated. And it's in combination with authoritarian edicts like you must do this. And we've seen this with COVID jabs that are clearly ending the lives of young people in mass through cardiac events and other issues, much less reductions in fertility, the capacity to even have children if you survive these jabs. And what is the key for this success of those products being put on the market artificially through soft or real mandates, prohibitions on freedom to travel, to work, et cetera? It's liability protection. The only thing that makes that go ultimately is that you have, the manufacturer has no liability. The person who injects it, no liability. The nurse, no liability. And in that context, great evil can persist. In addition to the authoritarian edicts of fear mongering or orders, man, you must do this or else you will lose your job or your freedom, et cetera. So they're playing out Milgram times 10 in the COVID scare and the COVID jabs that we're witnessing now, great evil occurring in our midst. You're not wrong, but it's also not limited to to this area with you know vaccine manufacturers. Broadly, in government, government agents have immunity from their actions, and this is a this is an issue. You'll have police officers lobbing grenades into people's living rooms and not even getting the right home and shooting dogs and all these things, and they can't be sued. You cannot hold them accountable. Uh, accountable, and so without that accountability, things don't improve. You're exactly right on that point, and this pervades government. So this is a broader issue. It definitely applies yeah. with vaccines. It is a huge issue. But but when I tell people this, when I start sharing the stories about how these government agents are literally killing people and getting away with it, and that there's no one being fired and there's no, there's no accountability, I'm often met with this like shocking response of like, I thought this was America. Like what happened to my country? This isn't what I was led to believe it was. I wasn't ever told that this was the case. And people see that there's huge this huge disconnect between what they believed our country was founded upon and what's actually going on when you kind of peel back the curtain a little bit and see all the funny business that people have been getting away with. Well, yeah, the illusion uh, that covers up the reality that we often don't want to see. And then we go into various degrees of cognitive dissonance to keep from the horrific uh, atrocities that are occurring. And to your point, yes, it's broader than just the so-called vaccine mandates. But I would say that those things in the last two and a half, three years have brought even the medical people to a, a conscious awareness of something that people like me who are holistically inclined have been pointing out for decades. And I'm not the first to do it. 
So it's been a, a good thing in the midst of a lot of bad things that I'm seeing more people suddenly going, whoa, that is a problem. No accountability. Look at a Fauci. You know, Bobby Kennedy, who's, uh, you know, coming from the left side of the political spectrum, uh, you know, his his uncle, the president, bought Robert uh, well, Kennedy, his uncle as well. His dad was a senator, et cetera. I mean, the thing of that family being part of that Democratic establishment and now calling out his liberal, you know, friends is you guys have lost your minds here. You're not seeing what's happening and how horrible it gets when accountability is removed from human behavior. And that, of course, is in government. Now, it used to be kings and queens and emperors. I believe in the readings of our founders and all the estab- the things they did to establish a different type of government, they recognized the danger of kings and queens and emperors who could not only have no responsibility or accountability for their actions, but they can grant special privileges to others to have that as well. And we've got a government now, an oligarchy, that does that. In this context, and a, a person like Fauci has existed for decades in his fiefdom, giving out money to only those who would prescribe, let's say, investigating things that would profit that particular industry to a monopoly status. And yet now it's all coming out. And now, you know, what is next at this point? How do you gain that ability to hold them to account? in a system that doesn't want to do so. Oh, we got to take a break. I apologize here. Stand by. Connor Boyack is our guest this hour, and he's amazing. Libertas Institute. We'll talk more about the initiatives there, the things that are written about there, why you want to partake and participate with the, uh, uh, the Libertas Institute. And as well, if you haven't already got the various books of the Tunnel Twins, oh, it's so grateful for that as well. We'll be right back. Okay, Connor, now the uh, uh, we got Brideon.tv takes a break for about two and a half minutes, and we're still going out live to our audience on various other uh, outlets, so we can chat a little bit behind the scenes, yet everybody's here with us still that wants to be. Uh, once again, appreciative of you and all of your works, and I want to talk more about the Libertas Institute as well as Tuttle Twins. We've got links up for people to get that, uh, but that broader context when we do come back, getting into how do we reestablish a government that holds people to account for their actions or behaviors. No. Yeah. yeah. I think that's a really important topic to talk about, especially in the context of overwhelmed families. This is a lot of information. Mm-hmm. It's, it's really concerning. It's really scary. It's very daunting to think, what can I do? I'm just one person. I've got a job and family. And so I, I kind of speak to that niche of like, mm-hmm. you know, you can't do everything, but you can do something. And here's a few ideas. So it'd be fun to talk yeah. about that. Yeah, I think uh, give them the, the steps that can be taken that are not too overwhelming. And uh, I think that's a, a great service at this point. Yeah, for people, I don't want them to be deer in the headlights when they wake up to this reality. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. So yeah, what I, is, I think I saw, go ahead. I was just looking at behind you on the whiteboard. Dude, there's a lot going on there. What the heck is that? That's uh, how we're going to take over the world and leave everyone alone as libertarians. <laughs> I love it. Now, you and know that was, the red... Uh, the Red Pill Expo is coming up November 12th and 13th at Salt Palace Convention Center. G. Edward Griffin is here. Someone just tagged me about that the other day. I haven't looked into it yet, but you may know we did a, a children's version of uh, The Creature from Jekyll Island. Yes. And so uh, when we were down in uh, Jekyll Island a couple years, two, three years ago, that's mm-hmm. where the Red Pill Expo was. I was there for another yeah. event, but the same weekend. And so we went over and got uh, Ed to sign a few copies of our Creature from Jekyll Island book. And it was pretty fun. Excellent. Well, yeah, I would love to see you at that event. Uh, I'll let Ed know you're in town if that's possible, but uh, that would be a wonderful connective as well. Yeah. All right. Back in 20 seconds, 
20 seconds. Look, cool. at, we got the children's entrepreneur market. Super Don just sent me. This looks great. You can yeah. hit this as well. Yeah, we've been doing that in Utah for five years. And next year, we're expanding to five more states and then many more states beyond that to help uh, kids have these kind of lemonade stand on steroid uh, nice. experiences. To- All right, here we go. All right, welcome back, everybody, on Brideon.tv. The Robert Scott Bell Show continues. We also have a bonus round after the show where it gets a little less formal. Not like it's really super formal, but uh, we have a great time discussing uh, very intense and serious subjects, hopefully finding a lighthearted way to also communicate some things that could be overwhelming. And, you know, Connor uh, has done that with the Total Twin series of books and more. I'm just learning about a children's entrepreneur market we'll talk about as well. But one of the things while we were on the break just chatting, Talking about steps that people can take. If, if anyone's overwhelmed with the level of information, the level of corruption, the, the realization that nobody's being held to account for horrible behaviors that are resulting in enslavement and death even, uh, that it becomes you know almost too much to bear. What do we do moving forward? What steps can we take? So that's the imperative question because I think one of the worst things that can happen is people get kind of burned out, fed up, and then they just unplug and ignore everything. And we lose them as a you know fellow freedom fighter and trying to fix these problems. So, I mean, there's a lot of potential answers and everyone has their own path. The problem with a question like this is, you know, everyone's on their own journey. They have their own skill sets and circumstances. And so generally speaking, I think first and foremost, one of the important things to do is have dinner table discussions. We've lost that as a society. It is imperative. I do not think this country will be saved in a courtroom or in Congress. You know, lobbyists won't save them, litigators and legislators. That's not how we save this country. We save it when American families are talking about the values that this country was built upon, when we talk about principles, when we teach our kids. Now, the problem that the Tuttle Twins is meant to solve is exactly what we've heard from so many people across the country. And that is mom and dad saying like, oh, I don't know how to talk about this stuff. I'm just learning it for myself. I was never taught this stuff in school. And so fundamentally what we're doing at the Tuttle Twins is like when we started, we thought we were making children's books to just teach kids about, you know, free markets and about freedom and justice and uh, how money works and all that kind of stuff. What we have realized since is that these aren't children's books. These are family resources because oftentimes mom and dad are learning together for the first time. And it's not this big, thick book. It's not a white paper. It's not a four hour long YouTube video with all these links and everything. It's just a fun kid's story that sprinkles in some powerful ideas. And then at the end, we have some discussion questions for you and your family to get started. Whether you use the Tuttle Twins or not, family discussions, I think, are critical. That's how you're going to process what you heard that day. Mm-hmm. You're going to figure out in your mind how to simplify these ideas. You're going to be able to talk to them about, uh, about them to your kids. You're going to have powerful discussions together. Beyond that, if you want to dip your toe in the water of civic engagement, trying to have an impact in the world, what I typically tell people is turn off the national uh, news. Everyone's attention is focused on the level of government that they can influence the least. Mm-hmm. Go to your city council meeting. Invite a, 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 the mayor over. Have your local state senator come to a book club that you start. Do a little cottage meeting with 15 people and invite some you know, elected official. Right. Follow a local independent journalist. Uh, podcaster, blogger, people in your community who are paying attention to local issues. Why? Because you can influence those. I do it every day. I've started a whole nonprofit, Libertas Institute, at a state and local level where we've now changed in the past decade over 100 laws. And I'm a nobody. 
I was a web developer. I literally built websites for a living when I started doing this. I have no professional background in this. I have no fancy degrees. I had no clue what I was doing. If I can do it, you can do it too. But start small. Don't look at Robert and his huge podcast. Don't look at me and all my books that I've sold, right? We're all different. It all takes time. Start small. Figure out what engagement in your local community looks like. Bring a few friends together for a book club. Have that cottage meeting. Invite a city councilor you know, to lunch mm-hmm. with you and a few people. Just dip your toe in the water. And as you form those connections, as you go to those meetings, as you orient yourself to what's happening in your community, you'll mm-hmm. find those areas where you can actually influence things. And then that'll be motivating because you'll say, wow, I did that. I, I suggested that change in the, the mm-hmm. ordinance that the city was considering and they did it. Wow, I now yeah. know how that works. And you can build and build and build upon that. So you gotta start small, start with your family, and then just start to dip your toe in the water beyond that. And the momentum will pick up. You'll mm-hmm. figure out what your path is. But everyone just looks at all the national stuff and they become demotivated, disincentivized. They disengage the because what yeah. can I do? You got to start small. You got to start local and then build from there. Well, I've seen tyranny even on the localist of local levels. I mean, over the COVID uh, crazy years, uh, there have been people, friends of mine that have been arrested locally simply for showing up to meetings, not wearing a mask or speaking out about that. It's astounding how far we've devolved away from the simple principles of liberty that I, I can teach kids about. You teach kids about the Tuttle Twins group uh, books to teach about. And and adults have lost it so, so, so far from our origin point that I often think it's overwhelming and daunting. And that's, you know, the point of your taking these simple steps back to the uh, equation and occasion of sharing meals together and having discussions and talking engaging certainly at the scholastic level if your kids are going to public schools as i said so desperately do you need to deprogram them on a daily basis uh, yeah i can't tell you how many stories from parents that thought they were you know m- monitoring it managing it and they lost their kids once they got to their teen years or late teen years and they have been completely programmed away from the family robert i would be remiss if i didn't uh, offer an additional answer because everything you're saying resonates and, and i agree with uh, I've written a book that comes out in December for parents called Children of the Collective. And it's about how collectivists throughout history have tried to go after the kids. Why did Stalin and Mao and Hitler and Lenin and Castro and all the rest always go after youth education? Why are you know authoritarian thugs today so focused on reaching and teaching the youth? How is it happening? Why is it happening? What is we? What can we as parents do about it to shield our kids from collectivists who, you know, right now have co-opted media and academia and social media and Hollywood and, and all the rest. And medicine. We need to be all very, yeah. And medicine, absolutely. Yeah. We need to be intentional because the message I usually tell parents is you will lose every battle that you don't even know is being fought. Like if you don't realize okay. that your child's mind, that your own as well, is ground zero in an ideological battlefield, right? That there are enemies afoot trying to influence you to do something different than what you otherwise would. If you don't realize that you're being subjected to those forces, then you're going to be influenced by them unwittingly. So this mm-hmm. book, it's uh, available for pre-order on Amazon right now. It's called Children of the Collective. Glenn Beck did the foreword. Ron Paul oh. endorsed it, and Mike Lee, and a whole bunch of others. It's my plea to parents to say, and we have a lot of action steps in there to say, like, here's what you can actually do to make a difference. Some of it's as simple as dinner table discussions. Some of it's you know more complex. But what parents are hungry right now is for ideas, actionable answers. It's one thing to listen to you and I talk right now or watch the news. It's another thing to have an action plan. And a lot of parents struggle to figure out what they can do. And so 
that book, Children of the Collective, is, is an attempt to kind of say, here's the problem, but then here's some solutions of what we can all do to protect our kids and protect freedom. I want to already get you back on for when that book is out, because I want to talk about that in detail, read it myself as well. Children of the collective. Yeah. I talk extensively over the years uh, with my good friend, Jonathan Emord, who's now got an exploratory committee set to potentially run for the United States Senate out of Virginia to defeat Tim Kaine two years from now. And we've talked extensively about the capturing of education system. Alex Newman has done incredible work, and he's often presenting at the Red Pill Expo as well on that whole history of the education system, collectivizing our minds, if you will. And, uh, you know, I'm a product of the public school system back in the 70s and 80s. And most of what I know today, all the way through university level, I had to unlearn to get to where I am to do what I've been doing on in media for 23 or so years, much less longer to learn about homeopathic and natural medicine of which I had no knowledge growing up because I was in a medical family. Uh, so this is a journey and it's not one, you know, the first day you wake up and realize that there's a battle going on. It's consistency, it's persistence, it's diligence. It's all of those things. And the discipline that we've seemingly lost because we got lazy. I'll be honest. I mean, I look back, I, we were lazy. We like, I don't have to do anything anymore. It's just magically all of this happens. And in like our, our founders predicted, you know, if we ever went to sleep on Liberty, we would lose it. One of my best friends in the whole world who passed away within the last few months, he was the presidential candidate for libertarian party in 2004. Uh, and, um, Michael Badnarik, he wrote a, a great book, good to be King of foundation or constitutional freedoms. And the most important chapter too for free is available still online. The difference between privileges and rights or rights and privileges. We don't even know that. And so it's like, we are assuming that we're granted rights by government and rights only come from God by our very creation. Government can only give you privileges and take them away and they can call privileges rights. Doesn't make them rights. So there's a lot to do yet. I am, I'm actually optimistic in the midst of all of this devastation, the things that you have done, Connor, with the Tuttle Twins books, now more of what we've learned about uh, with this uh, new book coming out, Children of the Collective. Also, by the way, Super Don reminds me there's a banner uh, for the Tuttle Twins books if you haven't gotten them. Super Don, is it just in the notes or is it uh, always on the website? Do we have a, a little banner for the Tuttle Twins book series? It's always there over on the right-hand side. Okay. Maybe you can Can't put that up it. on screen so everybody can see it just so um, they know what to click on and get it. And I don't know if there's a banner to get your book, but I, I definitely, I'm mean, so encouraged to hear about children of the collective book coming out soon. So uh, again, more well, of this while, while we're on, while we're on the topic. So yeah, click yeah. that Tuttle twins link right there on the website. You'll be able to find all of our books. And one of the more important ones that we've ever put out, we just put out a couple months ago mm-hmm. and it's this one called America's history. This is a 240-page history book about early American history. It's a fully illustrated, fun story for kids to read. Why is this so important? Well, I I think, Robert, to what we were just talking about, I think a lot of people not understanding something like the difference between privileges versus rights Mm -hmm. is intentional. I believe there are many people in positions of influence, including in our academic institutions and K-12 institutions, who want a dumbed-down society. People are more easily manipulated and controlled when they are ignorant, right? Those who don't learn from the past are condemned to repeat it. And so our team, two and a half years ago, bought a whole bunch of the history social studies books being used in grades, you know, four through seven. We wanted to see 
how is the American Revolution being taught? The development of the Constitution, the Bill of Rights, how are they talking about this kind of stuff? So we buy all these books, we're flipping through them, doing an analysis. And the very simplified version of this, uh, of our kind of analysis, is that all of these books did a fantastic job at teaching superficial history. Mm-hmm. Who said what, where they were, what the clouds were like that day, what they were dressed in, you know, what they ate, like all of this stuff, right? The battles, the names, all the things that, you know, they're interesting. Maybe you'll win Jeopardy one day by cramming all that stuff in your head. But what was lacking in all of these books, every single one of them, was ideas, philosophy, values, principles, and and most critically, any inkling of application of why that stuff from back then matters Mm -hmm. today. All of these were just books about, hey, this stuff happened in the past. Mm-hmm. None of these history books on the market were helping kids learn from the past. Yeah. They were just teaching kids about the past. Hey, here's these things that happened. So our book is meant to address that. It's a full, fun storybook. Yes, we teach what happened. But more importantly, we teach the ideas at play. What were they debating? How were those ideas coming mm-hmm. into conflict? And how do those ideas relate to our modern day? Because the goal is if we can help kids actually learn from history, how something that happened 250, 300 years ago relates to our modern day. Suddenly history becomes mm-hmm. interesting. I hated history yeah. as a kid. I didn't <laughs> like it because it was all pump and dump, right? Connor, you, you just identical description of my experience in learning history in grade school and high school. It was the worst. I was yeah. bored to tears. It was all about dates, times, and places. No connection, no connection. Cause and effect was completely obliterated. And that's another aspect of how we got here. The elimination of cause and effect means that we can be manipulated and controlled because those that write the books, they can describe anything and say, well, there's no real reason anything happened. It just happened. And these are the times and dates and places. And as you point out, what what they were wearing. And in that way, it keeps us unable to know what's happening today and the inevitable impact that that will have tomorrow. And so when I began to, to do my own research, and I was primarily motivated by my lack of health. So I read a divided legacy by Harris Coulter, the entire history of medicine in America that had never been taught since the Flexner report of 1910 corrupted medical school education to make it all about patented petrochemical toxic poisons. And so I realized if they erased history and rewrote it and I was lied to about my body and health and healing, what else was I lied to about? And that comes back to the Mm. trust issue we were talking about the trust in institutions that have been well diminished greatly. This is where I am grateful for the COVID nastiness. Unfortunately, I don't like the the loss of life and all of that, but we've got to deal with what we have. It's caused people to, to suddenly look at those institutions and say, well, maybe I shouldn't have trusted them. Maybe I don't trust them anymore. And now, but, but what does that mean? And that's part of what our discussion is today. Let me, let me add a point here, Robert. I like what you're saying, but I have a concern. Sure. I, I wrote a book, 2014, 2015, somewhere around there called Feardom, how politicians exploit your emotions and and how to stop them. And the entire book is a review about fear mongering and how fear is used by politicians and the media to exploit our emotions, to get us to be scared. And then they step in and say, we'll save you. We have the solutions. Mm -hmm. And when I wrote that book, I was sad because, and I was also happy from the sense that like, I was sad that this is an enduring problem that we consistently face. People are scared into surrendering their freedoms and saying, you know, please save us. And it's happened again and again as a chronicle in the book years before COVID, right? So I was also happy that 
a book like that is never going to go out of style. It's always relevant because that problem persists, but that's also why I was sad. So here comes COVID and, and you're right. And I agree. The term experts has like lost all significance, at least in my mind. And I, from my bias, I kind of see like, I feel like brought more broadly in society. Other people have lost that kind of credibility in the so-called experts. But I felt that before COVID when I was writing this book and going through all these examples of how we're consistently lied to and weapons of mass destruction and all these things, right? Surely the public isn't going to trust the media again. Surely we're not going to fall for this again. You know, the, the variation of that quote, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. Like if I don't learn that you keep yeah. fooling me, shame on me. And yeah. so I'm optimistic as well, but I would say cautiously optimistic yes. because even before COVID, as I was already seeing like, all right, like we're not learning from our mistakes, perhaps in part because we're all hist historically illiterate. You and mm -hmm. I were, are products of public school and all of our public school peers are trained to become historically illiterate, civically apathetic. And so we fall for the same thing over and over and over again. That is my concern is that even though I feel like this is a lesson we've all felt and experienced yeah. more starkly through COVID and this disconnect from experts and the truth. I, I worry that we're all going to go fall back into our bread and circuses. We're going to become reacclimatized to the status quo. We're going to fall asleep. We're going to then defer to the experts and trust the, you know, the, the, the authority figures. And we're going to go through this again. I hope I'm wrong. I pray I'm wrong, but yeah. that is my concern. Well, and it's, and it's a genuine concern I share. And, and I don't know how much suffering any of us have to go through before we decide to, to do it differently, to say, I'm not going down that path again. Uh, I remember a, a movie was a, it wasn't a children's movie, the devil's advocate, Keanu Reeves and Al Pacino. I mean, it's an R rated movie. A lot of people didn't see it, but it was all about the deception of the devil. And, and Keanu was this lawyer who was kind of played in. And finally at the end, he wins, he beats the devil. And then the next scene as it ends, and I'm spoiling the end of the movie for you, but it's too late. It's been out for decades. Uh, the devil comes back in and appeals to his ego and his vanity. And sucks them right back in. And he says, vanity always gets them in the end that we don't get cocky because we have now seen through these so-called experts that we don't get led by our own egos down that path where somebody could, you know, give us honeyed words and tell us how wonderful we are. And we go back to sleep because now we're, I don't, I'm not interested in that. I have seen over the COVID crazy couple of years here, I've been meeting with doctors of all kinds allopathic physicians, medical doctors, osteopaths, chiropractors, naturopaths, nurses, homeopaths, herbalists, energy healers. And we've been meeting through the Health Independence Alliance and working together on, you know, setting up a parallel system, something else that is not beholden to a system that is so corrupt that you get in it and you become, you know, part of that poison, even if you mean not to. And so there's that that gives me that profound hope, yet I'm not cocky about that either uh, you know i'm very reticent to go and we won no we haven't <laughs> you know it's never over uh and the question is what do we do and i think part of the discussion we've had today is is that get back to those kids of ours and their kids you know whether it be the things you're offering i, I it's been wonderful in fact that leslie says we have all the total twin books my girls read them over and over and over in the chat room, she says, even my 16-year-old enjoys them. I mean, God bless you, Leslie, mm -hmm. you found them, and, and so many people are. The question is, what will they do, those kids? Because I want to know that when I'm done here, the kids go, Dad, why didn't you speak up and say something and do something while you had the opportunity to do so? So I'm not going to yeah. go quietly into the night. I know you're not as well, Connor, and I appreciate, again, 
all your efforts. And I, I hope and pray that we can connect some more and do some more together. Cause wow, I'm just excited, you know, connecting with you finally. I'm, I'm happy to be here too. We, we need more conversation like this, Robert, do we have time for one more story or are we wrapping up? Yeah, we got about five or so minutes before I got to wrap up the show. Go ahead. Okay. Yeah. So, so you shared a movie. I'll share a movie. I think second to scripture, the matrix, the original one, not the sequels, the, the matrix yes. is the most uh, relevant story describing the human condition. And my favorite scene in the entire movie, uh, again, spoiler alert, but it's been what, another Keanu you know? Reeves movie. It's not like, <laughs> oh, that's true. Yeah, yeah. I hadn't thought about that. Yeah. It's been 23 years since the movie came out. Morpheus is walking Neo uh, through a simulator before they go back into the matrix. By this point, Neo has been unplugged. He took the red pill. He woke up. He's like, oh my gosh, this is the reality. What's going on? He's taken back in the simulator and they're walking through this city bumping neo's bumping into all these people you know and morpheus is like what do you see when you look around you there's doctors there's lawyers there's teachers you know but these are represent the minds of the people you're trying to liberate but then here's the kicker morpheus says and i'm paraphrasing that these represent the minds of the people you're trying to liberate but these people they are so hopelessly dependent upon the system so inured I hadn't heard that word before. I had to go look it up. So inured, so connected to and, and ingrained within, so dependent upon the system that they will fight you as you try to liberate them from it. The very people who you are serving and trying to help and wake up, you know you have the truth. You know you're trying to do the right thing. You know that the message you have, I know that my Tuttle Twins books teach principles that will help these kids, that will help these families. And yet many of them will fight me and oppose what I'm doing because they're so programmed in the system. They are so ingrained and dependent upon this socialist corrupt institution that supports them and gives them money and strokes their ego and tells them everything that they're doing is fine. They're so inured that they will fight me rather than accept the truth. That to me is one of the most apt descriptions of our society. The most depressing mm -hmm. aspects of my work in preaching truth like yours right out there mm -hmm. trying to share with the world this message that everyone needs to yeah. hear. And yet the people who are fighting us are the very people we're trying to serve. So, you know, at yeah. the end of the day, I'm trying to reach and teach millions of families. We've sold over 4 million books. Our books are in a dozen languages. We've got a cartoon now. We've got a podcast and a game and all kinds of stuff. We're trying to create a vast library of content so that no matter how old your kid is, because we've got teen books for teens, we've got books for toddlers, we've got mm -hmm. books for kids in between. I'm trying to create content so that kids of all ages can learn these ideas and that parents can suddenly have amazing conversations with their kids rather than, hey, what did you learn today? Oh, I don't know. All right, I'm going to go to my room, right? None yeah. of that anymore. Now it's like, oh my gosh, this is how the world works. Now I understand inflation. I know more than most adults do and I'm 12, right? And that's very empowering to kids to learn it how is. the world actually works. Peel back the curtain for them, give them that kind of inside scoop and they're intoxicated by it. They're sick of being lied to. They're sick of all the fluff that we feed them as kids and just serve this drivel to them. They love the challenge of learning these political and economic ideas. And so I love what I do with the Tuttle mm -hmm. Twins. I want to do this the rest of my life. I'm grateful to you, know, you Robert, for letting mm -hmm. me come on to your platform and talk with your audience because we are trying to get millions of families reading the Tuttle Twins, talking around the dinner table about ideas that matter. I think that's how we save our country. And so, again, I'm, I'm grateful mm -hmm. to be here. Well, and to your point in that reference to the Matrix movie, which is, again, one of, also one of my favorites uh, to describe what we're living through, is a hard lesson is recognizing that you can free people to your own demise. 
That is those that are so dependent on that system and you try to extricate them before they're ready or before they want to. doesn't mean don't try. I'm not saying give up on them altogether, but there is a point at which you can be harmed by the efforts to free them. And so you have to be very wise about how you go through that. What you brought up is, is, is next level as far as how to navigate this, because that is a big concern that if we pull the plug, they look at us as the enemy. And that's not what we are in reality. We want to support them in their freedom, even to choose slavery, weirdly enough. That's the thing about the 13th Amendment. It didn't eliminate slavery if it was voluntary. You could volunteer into servitude, which a lot of people have, and they don't know it. And that's an uncomfortable awakening, if you will, at that moment from cognitive dissonance. So just like when you approach a drowning swimmer, I learned as a lifeguard, you would, right before you get to them, you do a quick reverse to assess the situation so that you don't end up a victim of drowning yourself while trying to save that person. Uh, that next level discussion. I hope you don't mind. We'll have to do this again. Let's do it again. All right, Connor Boyack, all the things. And tell him, how, how does he pronounce Libertas? Because I say it, it's Latin and you say it much better than me. Well, it's a dead language. So I asked a linguist, is it Libertas or Libertas? Yeah. And he's like, well, yeah. both work. It depends. You know, I was like, I like the Libertas. So we say Libertas. we say the Libertas Institute. It's the Roman goddess of liberty. So the Statue of Liberty, her name is Libertas or Libertas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so uh, Libertas.org is where we're at working in Utah and across the country to fight for better laws. Wonderful. And I, as a homeopath, we do Latin and I recognize various pronunciations. So I just wanted to hear that from you. So thank you, my friend. And again, I look forward to seeing you here on the show and out there in the proverbial real world as well. We're putting this into action. Thanks. All right, Connor Boyack, that was amazing. As we wrap up today's uh, broadcast, uh, there's a big article about exposure to environmental toxins that may be the root of the rise in neurological disorders. Again, something we've covered for years and years and years on the Robert Scott Bell Show gives me an opportunity to remind you about Orange Guard. Orange Guard, delimining nature's pesticide from the orange peel distilled out, not harmful to your pets, not harmful to your kids. You get there and use the Orange Guard. You can get it from your local Ace Hardware, Whole Foods, or directly at orangeguard.com. And this is the stuff that you can safely use around the roaches, the ants, the aphids, the things you don't want. Again, we don't want to harm your kids or your pets or yourself. And this ingredient delimiting y'all are sending in pictures you've got a few more days to do it before we're going to do a giveaway uh when you get your orange guard send it into super done ask rsb at gmail.com ask rsb at gmail.com and we'll add you to the collage and maybe you'll get the giveaway and if you aren't already supporters of our patron you know kind of relationship tomorrow 7 p.m eastern 4 p.m pacific is our monthly ama via zoom That Zoom meeting is a lot of fun. We interact with one another, help each other out, and I hope you'll be there. God bless you all. Thank you for being here. Bonus round begins in about 30 seconds, but remember, the power to heal is yours. All right, bonus round commences now. Super D, what a great start to the the broadcast week, dude. Uh, between well, Connor was amazing, and uh, uh, I'm banging into my microphone stand here, and of course Pat Militich. Uh, I'm like, do we need to do any more shows this week? Or are we done? <laughs> yeah, no, it was um, that was good, you know, and it's it's interesting because to to know. Not that I know Pat Militich, but to yeah. what I, I know of him, mm-hmm. um, to hear him 
spend 45 minutes talking about soil remediations or like that. It was like, this is like really interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, if you want to see something really fun, he did an interview with um, Joe Rogan mm-hmm. a few years ago. And dude has got some stories. He's got some great stories about when he was training. Mm-hmm. And he used to be a bouncer at a nightclub and stuff. And there's all these like great stories and stuff like that. It's worth checking out. But yeah, solid, solid guess. As usual, thank mm. you, Kevin Tuttle. Yeah, hooking us up with some great We're guests. Helping there. us out with that. And Although I, I really that. feel bad if Joni tried to connect us like four or five years ago. Or six yeah, it was years an email I found. It was in my email from 2017 where she's like, "Here, here's. Wow. I want you to meet Pat." And that's it. I don't know. I don't know what. Dude, how did we that. see? That's the thing. We didn't have Kevin back then. You were already overwhelmed. Like I to send you a guest request. It was like, holy crap! I don't have the moment to finish this, 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 and this. And so, so you know, a real extraordinary benefit. Uh, to have help there, as I said, you guys and gals would want to help. Thank you. Thank you very much. All right. How about a poll of the day? What is the poll question of the day? Do you hear about this? No. You know, uh, Alex Jones. Yeah. Um, he's, uh, you know, uh, an interesting guy. Yeah. Uh, he recently got, uh, taken to court by the families of the Sandy Hook, uh, uh, victims and they ruled against him and he was ordered to pay almost a a billion dollars which is ridiculous i mean if you ask me a billion dollars you know well Well, apparently what what are the damn look you you, you speak out and you offend people that have lost loved ones that's rude right it's it might be considered mean and nasty but where is it in the you know the freedom of speech issue where does that come in to go Look, well, you can speak and you can upset listen, somebody, but that doesn't mean you. You're, have to no, pay you're yeah, okay. Hundreds now, of millions now, of billions uh, of dollars. Th- this is a civil suit. It's not a criminal suit. It's a civil right. suit, and so it, you know, in law, and and you know, this would be maybe I don't know, maybe it would be a good conversation to have with Emord. Yeah. Um. You know, when you're talking about punitive damages and things like that, you know, you know, that's all up to a jury, right? You know, I yeah. mean, they they they're the ones that decide whether that that has happened or not. Mm-hmm. So in this case, yeah, I'm almost a billion dollar. It's like nine hundred and something million dollars. I'm like, wow, man, that's crazy. Uh. So then I came across this article the other day, and apparently they're taking it back to court. And this time, apparently, they're going for as much as two point seven five trillion dollars. I guess they know that the Federal Reserve note is tanking, so they better <laughs> ask for a lot. They might be able to so, wipe their butts with it by then. I mean, that's it's like what two point seven five trillion dollars? I feel like this is like a, a, a scene from uh, Doctor Evil or something, right? Mm-hmm. You know, oh, million? No, 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 uh, Dr. Evil. No, no, no. The million is not enough. Yeah. Uh, we'll go for $2.75 trillion. So I, to me, I'm looking at this and I'm going, I, I mean, at what point does it become ridiculous, right? Why don't we just do 300 million billion gazillion dollars? I mean, you know, what, what the heck? Let's just, why are you stopping a trillion? So the question I have asked and I put in the newsletter is, is this justified that the, the Sandy Hook families are now seeking as much as $2.75 trillion from Alex Jones? Right. What, no. what do you think? What do you think no. they answered on this? No. No? No. You think so? Resoundingly. 
Okay. Well, you're right. 84% said no. But there's 8.6% that said yes. I don't understand how you can justify. I suppose. Listen, (laughs) without getting into the controversy of Sandy Hook, of which I, I don't know that there really is much, but there are some people that believe that uh, you know, it was fake and everybody was crisis actors and nobody died and, you know, all that kind of stuff. And I, I've had this discussion with a number of people um, and it just boggles my mind, you know, that there are people that, that, that think that the whole thing was just orchestrated and fake. These, these same people that thought that was fake think everything's fake. Dude, but, you even, know, excuse me, even so, to have even a civil suit damage I mean, like what? Based on what? Still, you have speech that is protected that's offensive. That's the reason the First Amendment was written. Listen, listen. It's like the way I understand it is if somebody goes to court and they pass a sentence, so the sentence has to match what was done. Yeah. You know, and there's there's overboard and then there's not enough. And then somewhere in the middle there is where you would at least hope that, you know, these these decisions, these sentences, you know, these things are going to be made. Um, two point seven five trillion, dude. That is that is more than like the GDP of some countries. Two point seven five trillion. Yeah, no. I. Again, How do you justify that? In my opinion, I mean, I don't care what he did. You know, if if, if How but about, then again, how about look, if you were the parent? Let's say yeah. you were the parent mm-hmm. of a child yeah. that was murdered. You probably, I could see maybe that you would be like, you know, there isn't a a, a, a price, right? No, but you, know, it, you can be upset about somebody speaking horrible things to your perspective and experience. But when is that something that you can then get a, a, a win a lawsuit to you know, a hundred million, much less a million dollars for pain and suffering and, and, you know, whatever. I mean, why don't, like I why said, don't they, it is a real thing in yeah. court. You know, you can sue, sue yeah. somebody. And win punitive damages like that, but mm-hmm. again, just like really, two point seven five trillion. Does that sound excessive? Maybe. Why not? How about all the parents that have lost children due to vaccine injury? Now you're talking some serious sure. stuff, and, and it's like if you file a suit like that, the the courts would say you can't even file a suit like that. Right. That's true. No, you're right. That's a, that's a very good point. You know. Um, yeah. And so I'm like, sorry for anybody that lost a child, uh, you know, in the Sandy Hook disaster. The point is I'm making is not that, you know, any amount of money could bring back the kids either. But what about the kids that are dying every day due to FDA approved pharmaceuticals, shots, you know, jacking them up on heart uh, destroying mRNA injections. And you can't you're not even allowed to sue. What does it tell you about the values of our society? Could this be an attempt to stifle free speech, to frighten people into not speaking out about controversial subjects? Plus, you could be sued and put beyond bankruptcy. No. Well, and the thing is, two point seven five trillion. I mean, <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> I some of the conversation that I've seen about that is that this is being done intentionally just to put him out of business uh, completely. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I mean, you know, who could pay two point seven five trillion dollars? It's impossible, right? So you yeah. know, it's like you're they're they're going squirrel hunting with a bazooka, right? Yeah. In this situation, um, but whatever. I guess we'll see what happens. I can't imagine that they would that that is even possible. Mm-hmm. I don't think that I can't imagine there would be a judge out there that would even like 
Well, look, do that. I, it wasn't right. the judgment already given for like nine hundred twenty-five million, which is a huge, yeah, which is right. incredible. I mean, it's, it's a billion, right? Basically, yeah. tell me how that got done. So why wouldn't they do two point seven five trillion? I mean, I don't know. But it shows you how ri- ridiculous the monetary system is. Much less how right. uh, the control of, of of speech now is being curtailed through these threats. Nope. So, ah, man. Steven says uh, the 2.75 trillion would be digital, not paper. So they would have to wipe their butts with a phone. Yeah. 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 Right. That's true. <laughs> good point, Steven. Very, very good. Uh, Leslie says, I think it is an attack on free speech. Anyone can have an opinion they want. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, but there, there, you know, there are limitations to that. It just well, depends you, on the, on the circumstances, you know, but you of, talk of, about libel and slander. Mm-hmm, Those are the mm-hmm. limitations. Yep. What was libel or slander about saying, you know, kids didn't die, for instance, if that's the thing that they went after him about? No, I don't know. I, I mean, mean, I don't have all the to, facts. Certainly to those that lost, but it, it is libel or slander. I mean, what is that? How does that fit in? So who are these judges and what message are they trying to send? Like Leslie says, curtailing free speech. Right. In the meantime, the government, because it's captured, slaughters hundreds of thousands to millions of innocent Americans, much less kids capturing them in a shot for profit scenario for which there is no liability. Part of what we discussed with Connor Boyack, that issue of no liability, no connection between cause and effect. It's a very dangerous place to be. And that's what we're seeing. Oh my gosh. All right. What else we got going on that we did? We covered most everything. I think, um, did you see that there was a urinary tract, uh, formula improvement by our friends at nutritional frontiers? I think I forwarded that to you. A lot I of did. people ask about UTI issues. I would say you guys got a great resource from In Nutritional fact, Frontiers for that. It's there right it is. There. UT Cleanse. There you go, folks. If you're having some problems with your urinary tract ish, issues and you've already done D-Manos and Cranberry, hey, look at this formula. <clears throat> Maybe this can help you. And you can use the code RSB15 to get 15% off every day, including when these things go on sale. Mm-hmm. So take they advantage also, of that. Their focus this month. Mm-hmm. Uh, is uh, you got the UT cleanse, UT cleanse, yep, Iro complete, iodine plus, Estro cleanse, beauty complete, and women's complete. So, 15 percent. Oh, so they're all already 15. Oh, this is the time, take advantage of that and do your RSB 15 code and get an On additional 15 percent off their 15 percent off sale. And then they have their shake. Is that neato keto? I'm guessing in order to rhyme, right? Neto keto, <laughs> yeah, neato keto. I guess so, yeah, yeah, cool. And knowing Nutritional Frontiers, they're not donating to the Komen race for the non-cure. No, so you notice. I mean, if they, yeah. they were, they probably would have said that. Yeah, no, they are not. Yeah. I know them. Not doing nope. that. Oh, man. All right. So, All right. What else? What else? All right. Your garden got froze out. Is that official now? My garden's done. It's frozen. Yeah. Okay. It's history. Um, I got, man, there's so much plant material. I've, I've got to, like, wait until the... Uh, next garbage pickup to be able to get rid of some of that. No, no, don't get rid of that plant material. Well, some of it I have to mulch I'll it up. Keep, I'll keep you some of it. Rehabilitate the soil for next year. Yeah. No, I've been burying stuff in, in the, uh, in the garden bed. Okay. But there's like so much. I mean, what I'm saying is it's like, if I try to use all of it, yeah, I might as well make another garden bed. I mean, it's like, I don't, <laughs> Hey, hey, there you go. You're on the nose. That's I what can't. You need to... I don't have any room. I've got three up room? there. That's all I can put up there. So you got room anyway. on the... All right. 
All right. Yep, I tried. Had- no, you did great. Honestly, Super D, I'm so proud of you this year with your growing. You had a bumper crop of tomatoes and some other, and, and you did pretty well with the zucchinis too, which is great. And, uh, you know, that's the first year after like whining and complaining about you all these years. And I know. Time. I know. I did it. And I'm looking forward to next year. Yep. But yeah, the winter, winter has, has shown up here where I live. We get better got, each year. We've got over a week here where it's going to be below freeze. The low is going to be below freezing every day. Yeah. We have massive probably, snow probably up in the, the mountains. Where you are too, huh? We're looking up in the snow and the mountains. It's beautiful. No. It, in the valleys, it, it just stuck a little bit to cars and the grass, but it, the it's been too warm. So uh, nothing's really sticking. It's melting today. But up in the up in the mountains, it's gorgeous. I wanted to talk to Connor about you sent me this thing, childrensentrepreneurmarket.com. Yeah, it's kind of cool. I this was, is was, something great. I want to, you know, get everybody checking it out. And it, um, they've got a few, what would they say, markets here. Mm-hmm. So presently, they're they're active in Utah, Arizona, Colorado, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, and Texas right now. Mm-hmm. But basically, what they do is they help kids with uh, learning how to run their own business and be an entrepreneur, yeah. like mowing lawns or having a lemonade stand or you know whatever Mm -hmm. and it gets kids uh involved in learning about owning their own business cool i think that's pretty cool i do too i mean they they just just seem like a cool and dude connor's you guys are like how many i can't believe how many times we we've had guests on that kevin has booked where it's like i feel like you're talking to yourself Mm -hmm. there are a lot of me out there there's a lot of clones. There's a lot of Robert Scapel clones out there in your neighborhood. Yeah. Which is pretty cool. Dude, and, and look, having that uh was he UFC, what was the official thing that, that Miladich was doing? Well, he was fighting through which group? He was through UFC. I what mean UFC, UFC IFL, um, mm-hmm. and a couple other uh Mark, you know yeah, uh, but he's we're this basically the same age, is what I was saying about our experience. Him and I are the same through. age. He was born yeah. the same year as me. Uh, so I'm a, a hair older than you're, you're, you're a couple of yeah, years or yeah. whatever older, but. but it's just same generationally in terms of what we've experienced. A lot of similarity mm-hmm. and he had a lot of ailments as well. And, uh, I found that fascinating again, his journey, uh, and what he's yeah. co- uh, conclusions he's come to. And I'm just glad we connected now. I'm just kind of, I'm going to have to tell Joni. So sorry. It's super Don's fault. <laughs> blame, yeah. You can blame me. Sorry. I know he was, he pretended to be a fan and he like ignored it. And, you know, here we are five years later, seven years later, and we got them on. Uh, but that was terrific. And I want to get the soil and remediation. We've got another soil remediation story coming up in the next week or so. Hopefully we can coordinate. Uh, I want more of that subject to help even through the winter to get prepared for the next growing season so that you not ended up in, in big trouble. Right. This is a part of uh, what we're here to do as well. All right. What else? What else? Uh, we got anything else in the chat room you all want to talk about before we wrap up today? Hmm. Is it just me or I'm having issues with restream today? Um, I noticed your, uh, the green bars went down to one red bar. So yeah, that, that isn't accurate. And I don't know why it does that. Yeah. And then the chat hasn't been working for me today. Oh, in restream. Has it been working for you? Um, let me see. I have the restream chat. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. I got nothing. And then I went. I went to go play that video here at the end of the thing, and it, the the video storage is mm-hmm. being 
inside baseball. Sorry, guys. Yeah. Uh, the video storage thing wouldn't play videos. And so I was like, huh, trying to yeah. try to find a local video to play. And I ended up playing the wrong. Oh, so that's thing, why the but, glitch happened at the end. Okay. Yeah. I understand now. By the way, our anyway. friend Don up there in Park City, they have six inches in the yard. Yeah, you're at elevation, 7,000 feet or higher. Uh, you're going to have uh, colder weather, and yeah, the, the snow is sticking, and you can start tubing right now. But for some, I don't know how much, if it's enough to start skiing in October or not, but it was a good snowstorm that came through. Hmm. So Let's see, a lot of garden talk here in the... Uh, Leslie says, my... Oh, my garden your cookies. Your cookies butt. haven't been made yet either. No, not yet. That's okay. I really haven't done much with her. Uh, okay. Yet on the the podcast side of things yet. So it's okay. Yeah. Um. Looks like Leslie tried to do a bad garden and it was a complete failure, she said. Oh, no. Uh, Maybe she didn't have the soil modifiers that we needed. Now we have. There was an article in the newsletter, uh, I think last week, about bad gardening. Mm -hmm. Pat is congratulating you on your garden, too. Said it was better than the hers. Wow. Had to, you, yeah, you had to, look, you had to go I gotta tell you, I don't know what I did. I mean, I mean, I know I used a little bit of fertilizer um mm -hmm. early on, and I don't know if that's what made it take off, but it just went yeah bonkers. And and uh I was trying to clear it out over the weekend, mm -hmm. and there's just so much plant material. <laughs> yeah. But I, I took Riley out. Um to do our last harvest before the weekend because yeah, I, I knew it was pictures. gonna I knew it was gonna freeze and man, it's just like I I'd pull vines out of the way and it was like, oh more tomatoes, and I pull them apart yeah. again. More tomatoes, you jump in there and pick them and yeah and stuff. So we've got yeah, we got like so many vegetables, and my wife was saying she's gonna blend them up and make a like a vegetable soup out of them. Nice. That'll and be we'll great. Eat, yeah. eat some of it and freeze some of it. We had a big you know. stew the other night with our carrots from the garden, and it was amazing. And I had to, you know, really quickly close up the greenhouses before the, my trip to Pittsburgh last week because, you know, I was going to be gone and it would freeze up. So I did that and got everything done except one, the door on the the hot greenhouse has is kind of hanging at a little bit of angle. I repaired it enough, but it still doesn't meet up when it closes properly, doesn't properly close. So mm, I have it kind of yeah. jam closed until I can get out there and fix that. But I got it to the where it's fine. So we're not going to lose anything. And just I just get it. It, keep the water going in and the soil moist. And we've got good things growing in there. We're doing better this year. Again, the second year uh, we learned about the greenhouses. We didn't know about the first year, you know, so you do better each, each year you learn and you did great your first year out of the, proverbial boxer into the garden yeah, box. no i'm excited yeah. i'm excited to try again i'm i'm a little nervous because it's like i i i, I don't i want to be at least as good as i was this year you know yeah. i don't want to like do it and be like oh why didn't it work well i would say that soil is everything so mm -hmm. enhancing the soil like we talked about yeah. today uh, and dude to when that. i when i started that was one of the things that i did because mm -hmm. i mean i just knew i mean it just made sense right that you, yeah. you wanted it to be so i went down and i bought uh organic compost yeah for all three beds and i like you know dug the dirt and mixed yeah. it in and rolled it around and all that kind of stuff and then use use some uh See, what you want to do now is cover it with the the garden debris for the winter so it it, yep. it cooks underneath there keep a, a barrier from the outside world so that's why i don't want you to get rid of all that stuff i want you to use it some of it will break down others will just use as a shield to hold the moisture and the warmth in there so yeah, that all of that probably just I think I was there. thinking about just covering it anyway so it didn't end up just you know full of snow but um yeah of course now I'm going to have to figure out where we're going to put our 
Christmas decorations. I guess we could still use it because that, that that was the, the where we had all the decorations in the raised bed. So I guess I, we could still do it that way. But oh yeah, no, no, that won't harm it by doing that. Yeah. You can poke it, but but I was considering just cover. covering it. Yeah. Which I guess I, I can un- I can uncover it for for Christmas and then cover it back up. Yeah, but I, honestly, I'm just thinking of uh, covering it with the, you know yard debris. No, I agree like, with you. Yeah, I'm yeah. saying in addition yeah. to that, mm-hmm. so that it just doesn't end up. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Yeah. All right. Anyway, we have some good, good anyway. discussions here in the bonus round of the Robert Scott Bell Show tomorrow. The AMA Super Don. I sent out the invitation. Did you get it up there for our uh, patrons? I have not. I'll, I'll do that after the show's over here. Yeah. Sometimes I forget to do it until right before it. So I was good, feeling good, twenty four hours in advance. Um, this weekend, I'm scheduled to head to Austin, Texas, to do a a, a film project uh, with uh, Dr. Andrew Wakefield, his next uh, feature film, and there are a number of others that are going to go out there for that, which will be great. If you're mm-hmm. in the Austin area, let me know. Give me a holler. We'll see. Maybe we can connect. Otherwise, now I'm still vacillating. I think that's the right word about the what is it? Reawaken America tour. The Clay Clark has. Yes. Is that what it's called? You're. you're yes. You're. That's you're the one vacillating. Branson, Missouri. Because I've been out of town every weekend. Here's me. Now you bring out the violin. I'm sorry. I yeah. forgive me for my lack of word power. I've heard the word before. What the heck is vacillating mean? Like going back and forth? Uh, is it whether yeah, you're going to go or like not? You're, you're, you're going, okay. uh, maybe, yeah, maybe no. It's like <laughs> not committing yet. You know, he invited me. I talked to Dr. Batar. He's planning to be there. He wants me to be there, which is cool. But there's no easy way to get there. I was investigating the flights to like Springfield. It's like 680 bucks round trip. Like, I think you can fly to Europe for that. So you could get a Roadcaster Pro 2 for that. Exactly. So you think about all of that. I'm like, oh, <laughs> I'm just saying, I'm not saying no, but I'm just, I got to find a way to make it happen. And, and, and I would like to be there. Clay was nice enough to invite me and that's, uh, I don't want to not show up, but that's the one in Branson, Missouri. And even the little airport in Branson, I was looking up frontier flies there when they want to. Like, and Frontier is like the more reasonable priced. Yeah. Airline, I and think, I, right? I looked it up and like, nope, we're not flying there that day or that day no. or that day. I'm like, well, what, what's the point of having mm. an airport if you don't fly to it? So anyway, that's up in the air. And then, uh, of course, the following the 12th and 13th of November is the Red Pill Expo. And that's in Salt Lake City, Salt Palace Convention Center. Looking forward to seeing all my friends reuniting there. That's going to be awesome. Now, Robert Leslie yeah. is saying that uh, that's only that Branson is only two hours away from her, and Kevin's going to be there too. So, all right. So now I got to coordinate. Leslie with says Kevin. you could drive for cheaper, even with the extreme fuel prices. Do you yeah, really want to drive? To I'm not going to drive a thousand miles. If, no, <laughs> if there's a place, no, if there's a, it's hard enough to go away for the little time. Now you add another day or two on either end of it. No, dude, thousand but, miles. All right, I'll talk stuff. to Kevin. But what's the closest airport to Leslie? I don't know. You don't know? Maybe she knows. What is the closest airport to you, Leslie? Do tell. So you're thinking you drive and then ride with Leslie? No, I'd fly somewhere close. Or you fly and then drive with Leslie. Well, I don't know if Leslie's going, but Kevin's going to be there. Or, well, actually, she didn't technically say she she said it's only two hours from her. But see, that, that's just, the thing. Even with I just car, assumed that meant she was going to go. If you fly to Oklahoma, the closest, or Texas, it's still three hours to get to the Batar's place, much less right. Branson. Look, if I go somewhere where Leslie is, it's still two hours away. Looks like. All right. But two hour ride is not as bad. No, no, but still I'm, I'm annoyed by it all a little bit. 
You're one. So anybody's got ideas, send them super dons or my way and we'll figure it out somehow, some way, somewhere. Okay. So real quick here, let's see yeah. what we got going on tomorrow. Joplin, Missouri airport. So now I got to look at Joplin. All right, Leslie, can I rent one of your cars and then drive to Branson? I could do that. Anyway, I don't know. Just thinking out loud. All right. So tomorrow, oh, tomorrow is when we have the psychic paramedic on. Now that's going to be interesting. Sarah Grace. Yeah. Is she from England? Paramedic. Is she from, or is she American? No, that was, that was somebody else. I don't think, uh, let's see. Sarah K. Grace. Mm -hmm. Um, I know. I think, I think she's stateside. Okay. The psychic paramedic. Okay. That'll be tomorrow. Okay. And then we also have somebody who, what was the name here? Cimbria Patterson. Yeah. Redacrecenter.org. Okay. That'll be cool. Okay. Leslie says she's not going, but James is going with her to meet with Kevin for dinner in Springfield. All right. Well, I, I looked at Springfield and that was impossible to get to. Or maybe I could, let me know when that's happened, Leslie. Maybe I can get to Joplin. And, and go with you and meet Kevin and coordinate the strangest of trips ever. But I don't know. So, so check it out. Uh, yeah. Cimbria, who's our guest tomorrow, redacrecenter.org. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. uh, I just looked up the website here. Their mission, Red Acre Center is a nonprofit in Utah mm-hmm. that works to promote and protect farmers, small rural and urban farms and the right to choose what you eat. Nice. Nice. Another and I, and another thing I did at the uh, Health Freedom event, thanks to Health Hut, Kelly and Diana in Pittsburgh area, I met a woman who was promoting Farm Match, Farm Match, which is like trying to connect everybody with local farmers everywhere they are. Oh, I thought it was going to be a farmer dating site. You would think that. <laughs> there farmers is one. Tinder. I think it, there's one. I remember there was a commercial. I think it was called FarmersOnly.com. Farmer Tinder. No, this is this is to connect people that are going to either promote and or eat, or are they are the farmers, and it's a really great service I want to promote here on the show. So that's something I'm going to follow up. I asked if we can get her on, so I've got to connect that, that with Kevin as well. I think I told her to reach out, so that'll be great. And and she gave me a block of organic Colby raw cheese from an Amish farm that is so creamy, delicious. Oh my gosh, so nice. good. Yeah, so that was very special. All right, Leslie, so we got to talk off the air because I'm serious. That might be a way to make it happen. Um, yeah, Allegiant flies directly from Vegas to Springfield, Missouri on 11-4 is about 180. Return flight on November 7th, about 70. Look at that. Marty, I got travel agents happening out there. There you go, man. See, I just got to get to Vegas now. Uh, man. All right, I got to open up my horizons and look and be creative here, see if we can make it happen. I've asked Dr. Batar to confirm everything too, but uh, I won't give up even though I'm like weary from the travel trips, but I was very encouraged as I opened today's show talking about the challenge of the week, max out challenge. And I was a little concerned from last week, but today I'm having to say happy to say that it was just a temporary glitch in the physical matrix that I was suffering last week. And I'm okay. What are you reading? What is this? You bored with me now? What is this magazine? Ooh, so we can get that that bo- that. Do they have it as it's, a better price? BSW. It's, it's the, the radio. One? It's the radio guy's uh, 
uh, Christmas toy catalog, right? Yeah. Kids, kids get the. Is that even a thing anymore? I don't think what? it is. Remember when we were kids, mm-hmm. and it was like it was the 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 catalog, the toy catalog would come out, right? Sears yeah. or or yeah. Mervins or what? I you know I can't even remember. But remember, it was mm-hmm. the, toy, the toy catalog is what you look through to see all the things that you want for Christmas, and you'd mark like circle them or something like that, and give them to your parents, let them know what it was that you would really like for Christmas. Yeah. Did you ever do that as a kid? Um. No, doesn't sound like it. No, I, I I do remember catalogs. I just don't remember the circling of the thing for Hanukkah or anything like that. I just don't remember. Like you were lucky to get a, a chocolate dreidel. <laughs> a chocolate dreidel. Yeah. Nice. Okay. You get you get the BSW catalog. Uh, I have in the past. I don't think I get it now, but yeah, those radio things are cool. But I I, I rely on you to look at stuff we need, and we did put it out there. Is that it there? How much is the board on, on BSW any better than the other site? Uh, this is the Procaster 2, so it's going to be uh, six ninety nine. So same price. We got to find out if there's like a anybody that discounts that a little bit. That's our yeah, wish I think list. You can you can get the first generation one. Yeah, for a couple hundred less, I think. Which is uh, the Pro. They've got it here at five ninety, but I've seen it at four, like four eighty eight or something. Yeah, so have I. So yeah. we got to do that. That's a wish list. We talk about circling things in the catalog. That's on the list. So again, thanks y'all for all your support, and I look forward to seeing you not only on tomorrow's show, but the AMA afterwards, and then right after that, we're going to have a, a, a Bon Voyage farewell party for. Laban and Anna, who are heading back to Mexico with the heat and humidity of winter, and they're going to enjoy that. And so um, I've asked them if they want to stop by our AMA and chat with you guys and dish the dirt on what it's like to hang out with Robert Scott Bell and family for a couple of months. Because you know that's where you're going to find the real dirt when you just kind of hang out that. Yeah. So you guys have been wanting it. I tried to get Rachel, my trainer, to dish on me. And I don't think that worked as well as I had hoped because she, she was nice. She was too nice. But I think that uh, Laban and Anna will just let loose. So tomorrow, you definitely want to be part of that AMA. Don't miss that. And, uh, and if you aren't a member of Patreon, mm-hmm. there's a banner on the website. Just click on that. And you can get signed up and just in time. Hmm. That sounds All good. right. That's all I got. Lori, the driver, a thousand miles isn't that far. Yes, you love to drive. By the way, I did see something uh, real quick from Lori, who we were talking about court cases, and she said she had some success. Something good happened. Oh, yeah, she won the appeal to the state of Iowa Insurance Division, and they're going to have to pay the claims that they had denied. That's about forty-five, fifty thousand worth uh, or something. It's really big. Wow. So that's cool. Or maybe it's the last five, whatever. But thank God, you know, Lori's been through it with the loss of her husband. And another and thing with Lori, um, you know, one of the things we do at the AMA, if, mm-hmm. if you're not familiar, is we do giveaways. And mm-hmm. Lori uh, shot me a message, I think it was over the weekend. Yeah. And said that she's got a, uh, another T-shirt. That she's oh, to give away? give away? Yeah, that's so awesome. She 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 made one for me at the uh, Autism One uh, Mandate Freedom or something fun like that. Um, mm-hmm. But she's been, and I would say this again. For those in the community, the family, the RSB show family, try to keep it within the family if you can. If you find people that have products or services that you need, if you need some printing, reach out to Lori, Lori Harvey. And and she'll tell you all about that at the AMA tomorrow as well. So thank you, Lori, for all that you do. And with that, I think I will, uh, 
I really I burned up some some calories today. I think I need to eat something at this point. Me too. So, all right, guys. Well, thanks for tuning in, and uh, we'll be back tomorrow with the news of the day and some awesome guests and uh, the AMA. Yay! I think we'll that almost rhymed. Will you let will let you hit the right video and the music, Mickey? Yeah, music. I have to load it locally rather than using the storage. So I am good to go with some Mickey friendly music. Okay, thanks for being here, y'all, and for sharing the show. See y'all tomorrow, God willing, less than 22 hours from now.